Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. My name is Matthew. I'm Judah. What's going on, Pod Show Knots? That's what these. That's what everyone is, especially on Star Trek episodes. Yep. Uh, give him a pause to answer. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Very good. Hold on. That's fascinating. You don't say. Wow. Yeah, we're a back tumor. <laughs> oh, I'm Got sorry dark. about that. I'm very sorry. Uh, we're back this week with the uh, third in our special report that asks the question, which Star Trek is the best? Um, rough week. Rough week this week. <laughs> yeah, can, I think this week the answer is none of them. Yeah. So Spoiler alert. We watched uh, <clears throat> Where no, one, no Man Has Gone Before, Code of Honor, A Man Alone, Time and Again, and Strange New World. Yeah, and, um... Those are not memorable episodes, except for maybe where No Man Has Gone Before. I don't know. Does anyone even remember that episode, or just that? That's because that that's in the credits. The name of that. I mean, it's pilot two, right? So oh, yeah, it is. Uh, it that makes it a little bit different from other Star Trek, so it stands out somewhat. Uh, let's. You know what? Why don't we? Um, Jump why don't in. we dive right into that? So let's start with the original series. <laughs> Matthew, what happens in Where No Man Has Gone Before? Oh, that is a very good question, because I had trouble following it. Um, <clears throat> the Enterprise is on an exploratory mission to leave the galaxy. That's right. That is, that's, I guess, their mission. Um, they find a recorder uh, from uh, the SS Valiant. Some gives a record of how their ship was... <sighs> I don't know, running into trouble like 200 years ago? Yep. Um, so they find that record, and, and uh, it gives some clues about ESP and some other nonsense that was happening on the ship, and how maybe they got lost. Anyway, so then they're like half on a mission to leave the galaxy and half on a mission to figure out what happened to the Valiant. Uh, they, some lightning hits some people, and they get magic powers, and yep. then um, the whole rest of the episode, uh, Kirk has to decide what to do with these dudes with magic powers. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, particularly one dude who's like, like his old academy buddy or mm. something. I guess I guess Kirk used to teach at the academy, and this was one of his students. Yeah, Lieutenant Kirk, Lieutenant James R. Kirk taught at the right. academy. <laughs> apparently, uh, we I don't know when we find out that his middle name is actually starts with a T, and that and that it is Tiberius. Right, which is a crazy middle name to have. Absolutely. But in I this can one, assume that the R stands for something more pedestrian, right? Well, okay, so uh, not to jump ahead too far, but we see James R. Kirk on a tombstone that this guy creates for Kirk. And maybe that guy just wasn't that close to him and just was guessing. <laughs> That's R or something. James, uh, r- 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 it's Tiberius with a silent R. It's Tiberius. 
Yeah, so um Yeah, so he's so, yeah, they're old buddies, him and this dude Mitchell? Yes. Okay. In the space future, yeah. There is ESP. Well, in this episode there is. Like we've just come to accept it that ESP exists uh and also we've given up on figuring out why, I guess, cuz no one seems interested. No, uh, yeah, this is on the only... how these people can foretell future events, etc., but what you can definitely do is take a test and get a numerical score, like you're, like this is Madden 98. Yeah, also a score I didn't really understand, because the chick's score was 20 out of 100, and the dude's score was 20 out of 104. Uh, you were looking at the wrong numbers. Oh, okay. okay. The chick's score was 89, and oh. the dude's score was 92. Alright, well there you go. That's better, so, then. both pretty high, but also not that much difference between them. So he had 92 awareness, and she had 89 awareness? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I no, I mean, I didn't like go back and check that screen out a bunch of times. I'm dead certain you were not meant to be able to read it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, everything's in super high def now. Yeah, but yes, when I saw that they their scores were both 20, I was like, what? And then I noticed that there was another score further on the right. Mm. All right, so they've got, oh, yeah, and she mentions ESP powers like it's nothing. She's just like, yeah, what about ESP? I got it. I got some of that. Also, a real disconnect for Final Fantasy people, the name they give to someone who has ESP is an Esper. Yeah, an esp or an Esper. Yeah. Um, uh, but I didn't see Siren or... Right. Bahamut? Uh, Bahamut. Or Neo-Bahamut? Or, or Neo-Bahamut. What about Bahamut Zero? Did you see him? I did not see Bahamut Zero. Yeah, you probably would have heard him before you saw him. There was not giant cactar or whatever. Right, right. Cactron? Uh, Did I make that up? You think you made him up, but that's still cool. How about in the next one they have a robot Cactar and his name's Cactron? Cactron? I, I'm all in favor of that. God, I should um, totally be on Square's team. Right, so the guy starts doing such sinister things as making water fly through the air and reading books very fast, and immediately Spock is like, so we're going to kill this guy, right? Spock is definitely the wharf of this show. So we're just we're going to push him out an airlock? Like... <laughs> Dude, not only that, I, I kind of thought it was comedy. Because he keeps like walking into the room and just immediately starts going, so we're going to kill this guy, right? He's time for him to die? He's going to die? At one point, he just walks into the room with a giant phaser rifle. Yeah, he does. Like, so can, I, can we shoot him yet? I want to shoot him. The shit, which, by the way, looks like a huge caulking gun to me. Yeah. Like, they, their weaponry was not on point in this episode. Yeah, so this guy got hit by lightning, and his ESP powers went nuts. And he, uh, you know, he can he can read books real fast and remember what he read, so I guess that's... His reading Same comprehension story. is on, like, a 16th grade level or something. At, at some point, like, halfway through, I guess he starts flipping buttons and switches on the bridge. We never see this, by the way. Spock just tells us this has been happening, so I guess oh it's possible God. that Spock just made that up to kill the guy. Dude, so much of this episode is just Spock narrating. Like, there is, like, legitimately a five-minute scene where he is on the phone, and he's just, like... Like, when somebody leaves you a long voicemail, and somebody <laughs> and they feel the need to, like, tell you what the voicemail <laughs> says... Like, maybe your doctor called, and he's like, oh, it says my appointment's at not 9 o'clock, and it's at Kaiser in Santa Clara, and I'm, sp I'm supposed to go to, like, the eye, nose, and throat, uh, ear, ear, nose, and throat place. Okay, he's repeating the instructions. Like, seriously, Spock is just, like, reading off the log yep. from the old ship, but no one's doing anything. Everyone's just sitting there listening to Spock, and that goes on for, like, five minutes. Yeah, it's not... Um... The pacing in this episode is not amazing at yeah, I times. I wrote down, no wonder I used to take so many naps through these. So meanwhile, there's the other character that gets the ESP, but hers comes on like way late. Mm -hmm. uh, and Also, like, did she... you get the feeling she was part of the evil plan? 
that this guy has because she's like she seems like she's kind of on the Starfleet side on Kirk's side, but then suddenly her eyes go all lasery, and then she's like she's against him. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> I think it's just when she ESP makes you evil, dog. I, I mean, we we'll get to that in a second. Right. Um, but like she has had one interaction with this guy before they get lightning, where he's like. I don't know. He tries to put the a little bit of charm on her on the bridge, and she's like, "Okay." And yeah, and, and he's, he's like, and he's, "You're fucking one of, these, one of these real classy dudes who instantly turns on her. Yeah, calls her a walking freezer unit. Like, what a fucking cunt, am I right? Yeah, I think she's a dyke. Uh, yeah, and and so that uh, I mean, I guess that's the most sinister thing we see him do until I don't know <laughs> until he makes them go to the planet, like. Until he, a la Step Brothers, just goes, "I'm burying you." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Spock wants him dead. Matt, what? Um, oh, I guess uh, in the in the end, a rock falls on him. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. even know if we should think that that killed him or if he's just stuck under that rock. He has the power to like reshape the Earth, right? He makes like a Garden of Eden with his mind. That's correct. But in the end, some rocks fall on him, and Kirk's like, "Good problem solved." Fuck it, he's under that rock. We're done. We're all <laughs> done leaves. here. Pulls a, this is maybe the first time he pulls a real Kirk and just leaves. And he's then the like, woman dies of plot convenience, I think. I believe that is correct. Like, they're like, well, we didn't really see anything that would suggest that she was injured or killed. But, like, uh, they didn't shoot take her back up on the ship because she's one of these god people now. They shot cartoon lightning at each other for a while. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that was what killed her or what, but... um. I assume you wanted to ask me what the hell the concept of this episode is? Yeah, what did you oh. have for the premise? The only thing I could come up with is what happens when friendship and duty clash. Okay, maybe. I mean, there's some of that in there. Because it's like, oh, he's my best friend, what am I supposed to do? And all the whole time like, Spock's like, kill him! Fucking we, kill him! Are we supposed to believe that if this was just Crewman A, Kirk would have been like, yeah, fuck him. Well, Fire I th- him right out of the torpedo chute. I think so, because this guy is immediately, as soon as he gets laser eyes, is super sinister. He's like, yeah. uh, uh, talking about how this is what human beings are supposed to be, or like the new, there's no room for you now. You're nothing. I've got laser eyes. <sighs> yeah. And no, I think normally you'd be like, oh, this, this guy is clearly pretty dangerous. But he's like, no, nah, this is my old friend, Mitchell. We just met him, but trust me, we're old friends. Um... Yeah, so Ben and I both have the same take on the the premise of this story, which is okay. power corrupts. Yes, that yes, that could be too. Um, and he and I both both rated that a five because that's about a five premise. Um, I rated it a six. Um, I had a different premise, and I rated it a six just based on the fact that that's at least an interesting idea. I mean, I think it gets covered a few different times throughout the Star Trek series, but. Yeah, it's a better idea when like something's wacky with Spock, and it's like we've seen. Well, that's where I that they're my... friends. We're not just they don't just talk a lot about the academy. So that is ex- almost exactly what I have for my execution explanation. Yeah. But I mean, they're what they're doing here is they are uh, attack of the clonesing us, mm-hmm. where we have a scene in an elevator at the beginning where Obi Wan and Anakin talk about all their exploits and how they're good buddies now. Yeah, like uh, remember that time we were in that. Real that real mess, and then you weren't very helpful. Ha <laughs> ha And it's like, oh boy, this is exciting. This is exciting yeah. cinema. Um, um, no, go ahead. So, so I gave it a six on the concept, but I only gave it a four on the execution. And what I had was, it might have been more effective if they'd done it with a main character later on, rather than just meeting this guy 
and them telling us they're best friends over and over again. Also, it isn't very subtle because the guy is just like immediately pure evil. As soon yeah. as he gets the laser eyes, he's like, fuck all y'all! Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is one of these things where, like, the dude could not be cool for a minute. Yeah, there was no, like, build-up, or, like, he slowly had to discover maybe the guy was turning, or, or or even that he didn't turn so much that it was a real easy decision for Kirk. Like, he turns enough that it's Kirk just has to, he's gotta fucking bury this guy in some rocks, seriously. So, um, so I gave it a three for, ex- I'm sorry, you gave it a, what, what did you give it a four? Uh, a four, yeah. I gave it a three for execution, and it's not because I don't think they showed how power corrupted, although it was too quick. Mm-hmm. Like, to be fair, too quick. But, um, you know, execution is where a show is going to get a low score if they do something that irritates me. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they did that irritated me the most in this episode, I mean, it's just one of my least favorite things. Uh, please don't read Gene Roddenberry's poetry to me oh, yeah. and then tell me it's one of the most passionate sonnets of the last couple of seconds. You mean that super rapey sonnet that he read from Canopius or whatever? Right, yeah. Ugh, boy. Oh, by the way, it was written on the Canopius planet in 1996. That's correct. So I don't know if it was written by humans or aliens or what the deal is. Cause... Uh, it would have been super great if it was just coincidentally the lyrics to uh, a song off of Razorblade Suitcase. <laughs> that's about 96 vintage, right? I believe that's approximately correct. <laughs> Maybe something from Greedy Fly or something like that? Yeah, oh, that's sorry. So... That's... Is that the right one? No, that's the next one, right? Shit, I don't know. Was Razorblade Suitcase the good one? No, 16 Stone was no, the good one. No, 16 Stone was the good so, one. So yeah, so Greedy Fly would have been off Razorblade Suitcase. All you Bush yeah. fans out there. Sweet at us. Hot, hot Bush take there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess Bush could have made that happen by just writing a song with those lyrics. Uh, yeah, I mean, they would have, they had plenty of time. Yeah. That episode was in 67 or whatever. Uh, so we agree this one kind of falls apart on, on execution. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about uh, world building? Did you see anything in there that you liked or noticed or anything? So, I mean, there are a couple of things. Okay. Um. Number one, the idea that there's something weird that happens at the edge of the galaxy. Yeah, I had that you can leave the galaxy at warp one. Well, <laughs> I mean, you could. It just seems like it'd take a really it's long like, time. They're just like, warp one, let's leave the galaxy. And in they 10 seconds, a, they're getting out of there. They don't do a good job of explaining where the edge of the galaxy is, how far from Earth they are, what yeah. direction they're going. How long it like, took them to get there or whatever. The galaxy is kind of like a flat disk shape, right? So presumably the easiest way to leave it from where the Earth is is to go, like, up. up. Yeah. I mean, up doesn't make any sense, but you know what I mean if I say up. Up. Assuming that we are starting going long ways. Yeah, along <laughs> in the direction of the axis of rotation. Yeah. And I also, yeah, and I had that you get zapped when you go through it. Uh, yeah. Um, ESP is real. Yep. And every crew member has a rating. Yep. Um... The other interesting thing here is that although this is a show about, like, adventures in space and meeting weird aliens and fucking their women, yeah, uh, we we get in this one that space travel is not particularly new, right? The SS Valiant's, like, 200 years old. Yeah, which would have meant it, it was in 21-something, right? Oh, 20-something. 20, 20 I think... 20-something, although there's some difficulty with the timeline, because I don't think it was well thought out. But no, yeah, if you accept everything the that next comes generation later. chronology, then it would be in the in the second half of this century, probably. Right, exactly. Which, you know, I don't know. Maybe. Um, so I give it a five, because, I mean, there's some... We're learning some stuff about the universe, but nothing, nothing exciting about it, especially if you... 
you've seen the at this point two episodes each of the other three series and you haven't seen shit about ESP. Yeah. So there's reason to believe that it, it maybe is not followed up on. Yeah, I gave it a three because I had the ESP and the Leaving the Galaxy thing and um, I just thought they were dumb. Yeah. So they're dumb. So I gave it a three. Like, yeah, okay, you built a little bit in the world, but I didn't really like it. I, um... I gave this one a three for characterization, too. Okay. I mean, it's... Who do, okay, not... let's. I, I like when we start. Who was even really in this episode? Who was pushed in this episode? So this is an episode with Kirk. Yep. Spock. Right. And two characters who die at the end. That's exactly correct. Right. And this is a Kirk that we have seen before, right? Like, uh... In that he's very collegial with his crew yeah he's like a cool boss he's like the yeah exactly he's he's a cool boss or maybe he's trying to be the cool dad i'm not sure but <laughs> well, that's he's definitely the, he was definitely the dad in charlie x he's on that spectrum yeah uh and then sort of like calculating spock although he's way more murder crazy in this one man our notes are like so i guess we got exactly what you're supposed to get out of this episode because i had kirk's a cool boss and a diplomat yeah right he's he's pretty diplomatic throughout this entire episode. Spock suggests murder right away, plan A. Plan A is murder. Yeah, it is definitely murder. Um yeah. and then and it's like, you know, aside from that, it's the pilot cast. Yeah. And uh the hilarious uh women professionals do tend to overcompensate line <laughs> oh, right out of yeah. Gene Roddenberry's presumably un unconscious misogyny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are I don't know if it's I don't really remember I remember when Marshawn and I watched all these a few years back that we definitely got the feeling that throughout the series there was a certain level of sexism. I don't know if it's going to be this blatant the whole time or not, but it's I pretty think it rough. Keeps coming up, but this one was this one's a little rough. Yeah, and I, I did write down that I'm not a fan of these guys. I haven't heard of Kelso, but, Alden, Mitchell. Who the yeah. fuck are these people? Uh, like, but again, that's her defending herself against being called a walking freezer unit just because she didn't like immediately spread for this guy on the bridge they write it so that the woman says it yeah women women professionals do tend to overcompensate because of our small brains and tight vaginas yeah it's like no no it's just <laughs> what you weren't charmed by him in your one interaction that's he's, it he's a fucking sleazeball this is not overcompensating yeah yep um so did you have anything else for characterization no i mean again the most of the rest of the cast you never see again. Like you see Sulu's in this for a second, but I'm 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 gonna be honest. I gave it a six because I uh, I kind of like Kirk. I just kind of like him. Oh, so I feel the same way. But I think that, uh, that that was reflected in the earlier episodes' scores. Yeah, I think it's still going. I think he's just he's a cool boss, and uh, he's always got kind of a smile and uh, willing to joke around and play around and stuff. And I like Murder Spock. Murder Spock's a lot of fun. He just wants to kill dudes at all times. And even though there wasn't really a lot of work done on anybody else in this episode, um, I, I don't know. I just kind of I liked them. I liked the characters. That's so. That's pretty good. I mean, um, you rated this episode six point higher points higher than you rated Charlie X. Charlie X was a garbage episode for sure. I rated it five points lower than I rated Charlie X. <laughs> well, good. This is the point. We we don't completely agree on these things. Um. So you gave it a 19. I gave it a 16. All right. Uh, just to give you the highlights, Ben <laughs> gave this episode 26 points. Damn. 
Uh, he gave it a seven for execution, saying it was uh, Charlie X uh, Redux, but maybe done a little bit better because the antagonist is a little more sympathetic. I mean, much sure he's he not is. much more sympathetic, but Charlie X is completely unsympathetic. Charlie like, X make no attempt is a doucher, but I think he had a harder upbringing. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, uh, about twenty six. That's like six and a half per. He gave it an eight for world building. Oh damn. Yeah, he said, uh, here's some of the things he pointed out that we didn't point out. Uh, he liked that Kirk had a friend on the crew who just calls him Jim. Uh, that Kirk taught at the Academy. See, to me, that's uh, characterization. But Yeah, I guess. Uh, the phaser rifle, the James R. Kirk tombstone. <laughs> James R. Kirk. Uh, he liked the dumb sweater uniforms in this episode. Oh, boy, I did not. Uh, and he gave it a six for characterization. Uh, I didn't like him. He liked Spock's little turn at the end where he says, I felt for him too, after (laughs) after advocating for his murder consistently. (laughs) I didn't like, I didn't like that part. I like murder Spock. I don't like um, regretful Spock. And somehow he got from this episode that uh, the universe may be a strange place, but it's one where good will ultimately triumph over evil. Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, the guy's under a rock, so... Well, I mean, I guess it's true. I, this show is not, like... It wasn't made in the aughts, so it's not super dark. Right. There's not going to be a lot of uh, main characters getting killed off, or, um... I don't know. Bad guys winning, I guess. I mean, that's true. So, um... Yeah, so... Combined, we gave this episode a 35, which is... Only one point better than Charlie X last week, and uh, Not a as... nine point drop from the from the man trap. Salt vampires, yeah. Let me yeah. give you some quick hitters. So, like I said, not a fan of any of these guys I haven't heard of. Kelso, Alden, Mitchell. Uh, he said something about neutralizing their warp when he wanted them to slow down. That's correct. Neutralize warp. Uh, Spock's hair or eyebrows or something were not right. They were not right in this episode. Yeah, that's some pilot shit, right? Looked, like, same with the wrong uniforms. Yeah, he looked fucking evil and scary. He was too alien. Um, Sulu, still totally unclear what he is. He's in a blue uniform in this one. He was a, he reported like, for the physical science department or something like that? Yeah, he was like, all we ever saw him do in Charlie X or whatever was, like, hang out in the garden. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he does there and what, why he exists. Um... Uh, let's see. No McCoy or Uhura in this episode because this is still like again pilot part two. No, but you saw that Uhura's replacement was a black man, so clearly they were like they knew they wanted a black. Dude we got to have one. Yeah. Um. Let's see. There's a lot of screaming Spock in this one. He still yells a lot. Yeah, not as much as in the cage. No, <laughs> where <laughs> that's his. <laughs> that's his one trick. What would an alien sound like? I think he'd sound just like us, but he'd yell everything. Yeah. Uh, another one, gravitation on automatic. Yep, don't know what that meant. Not, not exactly sure what it. That, that is a command. That is was. an actual order that Kirk gives as they go into the storm. Gravitation to automatic. What the? F- what? What? <laughs> so um, they gotta they gotta get their techno babble game correct. Uh, why does nobody ask Spock a follow up question about ESP and starting fires with your mind? Because he's like, but what? <laughs> I thought you could like start fires with your mind, and they're just like, I don't know anything about that. And they just move on, but like he brought it up for a reason. Yeah, but no one b- bothers to ask what he's talking about. Um, uh, at one point, the dude uh, says his slang that some chick they're talking about was Nova, 
<laughs> That's right. That was great. Which I guess is cool <laughs> slang, like when a star goes Nova, but doesn't that just mean new? It does just mean new. Yeah. All right. uh, maybe she's real young. Um, Scotty's accent in this. He Scotty briefly appears. I don't even know if he's is he named. I don't know if they say his name because his his accent is even thicker. Right. Like he was like really scotting it up. Does he just appear to work the transporter? Yeah, I think he's just there for one scene, and he's, yeah, he's he's like an almost ununderstandable. But um, after two episodes of not seeing him at all, that's right. And then you're like, well, but this is the pilot, so would they just give him give him a couple weeks off? I think like, he's he, I think he's like got some O'Brien treatment in the early going. Like he just shows up every once in a while. Uh, Mitchell is Ironheart from Babylon Five. Mm-hmm. Right. Comes more and more powerful throughout the episode, and yeah, except yeah. Ironheart's not a bad guy. But that's I was taking these notes during the episode. Uh, no, you're right that his like rapid power arc is Ironheart. He even, I mean, they were even supposed to get like a scary reveal when he does like telekinesis and shit. There's so much more of a framework in Babylon 5 around telepathy and telekinesis. Like, Yes, well yeah, I mean uh, JMS actually tried to make a universe. Right. Dude, world, if we should, if we ever did this for B5, the world building would be That's crazy just all, world. It's like mostly tens. Yeah, that's like right. a lot of tens. <laughs> oh, but, why didn't we include them in this? But the characterization would be very poor. We should have included them in this. Should have, should, uh, we should, should have, have put in B5. Put five in there. Just to see how much better B5 scores. <laughs> Except then we should have neutralized it by putting in a graphical score. Oh, yeah. Where they'd finish even below TOS. Oh, definitely. Um, that looks like models from the 60s. Oh, oh it looks like computer diarrhea. Much <laughs> worse. <laughs> Uh, when, uh, when they wake, when they wake up the unconscious people, the, like, the doctor feeds them something out of his hand, like they're, like, pigeons or something. Yeah, he, like, just puts a pill in Kirk's mouth to wake him up. Like, but Kirk's hey. already awake. Like, he uh, wakes up, and true. then he feeds him something. Yeah, I like to assume he's just giving him, like, salt. Like, here, have some salt. <laughs> well, we all know, we it's... all know the need for salt on a desert planet. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, that's all I had for quick hitters. Yeah, that's good stuff, though. <laughs> um, different yeoman. Yep. Also. So also, they didn't have, they didn't they, have rant. Also, make, she, like, hides behind Kirk? Yeah, and they make a point of having Kirk call her the wrong name just to show he doesn't bother to learn the lady yeoman's names. No, he really don't love hoes. Yeah, he's just like, whatever, yeoman Smith? It's Jones, sir. And he's like, all right, whatever. All right, one of us is the captain of this ship. <laughs> yeah, but, so. like, there's no, it's not plot related at all. It's just to show that he does not care about it. Like, she, she takes it much less well than every time Worf deals with Troy's mom. <laughs> that's right it is it is wharf madam yeah oh boy i cannot i'm not looking forward to whenever our first walks on episode is uh that's haven oh, and boy. it is uh week 10 this is week three of this project all right good we got 14 weeks so we have about 14 <laughs> 14 weeks before we're back at that dude this is a really long-term project yeah no, it really is <laughs> like uh it will be what is 14 weeks Gets us into Three and a half the months. new year, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, do you have anything else on this one? Nope. So, again, we gave it a 34. A 35, sorry. And, I, by the way, um, Ben and Ryan have both, at, both asked, I will post a link to the spreadsheet uh, right. with this episode. Uh, so, let's move on to the next generation. <laughs> All 
I do like that the versions you have are um, the, the versions literally from the show, so you get all like the of the ship going by and stuff. Yeah, it's a it's a little irritating, but you know, then it would have been getting the Warsaw Philharmonics version instead. And <laughs> those all don't sound right to me. Oh, they're too. Maybe um, if the Black Mages did a version, that would be fucking badass with some with some hard rock organ. Yeah, I would love uh, for Nobuo Uematsu to take a ninety second synth break in the middle. Make it sound uh, like Boston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dude probably smoked hella weed and listened to Boston in the in the late seventies, early eighties. Oh, right. Believe me, dude. Over the years, I have heard so many seventies and eighties rock groups where I have gone. Oh no, I recognize this from Final Fantasy. I see what Nobuo Uematsu was up to. Yeah. Oh, he. Oh, he liked. He liked the harder rock from that period. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, <clears throat> the Enterprise, oh, this is the episode Code of Honor. The mm-hmm. Enterprise stops at Ligon 2 to barter for a unique vaccine, but is confronted with the Prime Directive when Tashiar is kidnapped by the planet's scheming leader. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we should dive right in. This episode has a bad reputation for being racist. And, uh, but- it's actually just the portrayal of this alien species that's racist like the people are not racist towards them in the episode in any way no 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 yeah it's clearly the makers of the show are racist not the characters it's just for some reason they dressed them all like aladdin and gave and gave them all african english accents and um what i learned from briefly listening to that other star trek podcast that i was not a fan of and do not recommend was that apparently the it was originally supposed to be racist against Asians. Yes. And the whole episode was about an Asiatic culture that they run into, and then they like at the last minute somebody switched it all up because they preferred to do it about the blacks. I don't know. Yeah. Um there are uh there are a couple of times when they very specifically say that this culture reminds them of a particular culture in Earth's history. Yeah. But they're very careful not to say which but they give them that Sung Dynasty horse. Yeah, they do. That is in the 14th, no, 13th century. That's where that is right. from. Another line where I wasn't sure what the point of that was. Uh, when Data corrects Picard, Picard's like, from 14th century Earth, the Sung Dynasty. And then Data's like, 13th century, sir. And he's like, okay. Yeah, I guess the point is Data sucks. Yep. Because <clears throat> if that was supposed to be funny, it fell flat. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, so... Not a beloved episode. Uh, this is the one that I think Frank said was his least favorite, and he worked in frame of mind. Like so, <laughs> he worked heavy in that one. Yeah, this was uh, you know. <sighs> I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> All right, well, let's start with the concept. I had a little bit of trouble again with this. Yes, yeah, so hard to track down. Um, uh, what do you have? So I have conflict between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law which is a stretch i realize so so here's what what is happening um yep luton is attempting to use his society's rules and customs right to scheme his wife out of her land yeah while at the same time talking a lot about his code of honor, as the episode's name is. Sure. On the other side of that, we have Picard, who spends most of the episode giving speeches about the Prime Directive. Yes. 
But and in then the they end, also... they depose the leader of the society. <laughs> they also kind of skirt the rules. They use a tricky scheme to depose him. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, like, uh, that is true that that is how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. So, in an episode that's, I mean, it's hard to track down other than just a weird culture kidnaps Tasha Yar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, Ben just has for this different codes of honor. Well, that's not much of a concept. That's, that's, but I, mean, I hope he gave it a one. If by the way, that's concept. a five for him. Okay, I don't know. All right, I don't get it. Uh, and I, I actually, I gave it a six. Okay. For that idea. Yes. We'll talk with about it. The understanding that I don't feel like they executed on that idea particularly well. And you can tell because we're sitting here asking what were they trying to do with this episode. I did predict that well before we started this, that the most common scenario would be that we would be there'd be a concept and the execution would blow. Yeah. Because they're not good episodes. Almost none well, of them are good episodes. That's always, that was part of the reason we did this, is that's your defense against Marjan, right? Yes, she's like, she gives, but it's such a good idea. Episodes, yeah, exactly. Big points for the concepts. Right. And then you're like, yeah, but it sucks anyway. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that is a cool idea, except they didn't do that. They did a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, before I get into what I gave it and why, can I ask you a question about the plot? Yeah. Okay, so his idea is to... Have Tasha Yar... There's Luton. Luton's idea is to have Tasha Yar, what, kill his wife? Yes. So that all the land will go to him? Apparently that's what happens in that scenario. But I thought the women owned the land. Wouldn't because... they just go to Tasha Yar if she was his new first? Or new uh, wife? I am not sure what happens in this scenario, but... Uh, um... His buddy, whose name I did not write down and I don't remember. I've, I've seen that episode 500 times. They definitely say his name five or six times. I've never remembered it. <laughs> it said a lot. He's like the only other character in the episode. I've never, ever remembered his name. Um, when, when the wife dies and they immediately beam them both out of there. Yeah. And Luton's like pissed for a minute. Yeah. The guy's like, dog, you got all her shit now. Yeah. So apparently that's the scenario. But I'm confused about it because I thought women own the land. And then I thought he, what he said was that Yar was going to be his new wife. I, t- I, I want Yar as my new wife. So I think that there's an a muck time scenario here where he knows she's going to turn that down. Okay, and that's what I was going to say. So if that's true, then he's counting on her to go, uh, I'm not interested, thanks. And then I guess in that scenario, he gets the land. Right, or it goes to whoever he marries next. Or But, but I think it only may really makes sense if he gets it like as the widower. Yeah. Because that whole time I was like, well, what if she's like, cool, now I guess I, that's my land now. So, you know. Thanks, Lieutenant, for giving me all this land. Yeah, the whole thing falls you know? apart if the wife does not challenge supersedence. <laughs> right? If she's like, oh, okay. Alright. And huh? uh, this guy who's got eye, who's always making eyes at me. Yeah. You, all this land is yours to run now. I just kept calling him Lutan's Lieutenant. Yes. That's... <sighs> yeah! It's good. It's yeah, a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I also gave it a six. And what did what was your take on the take? I, what mine, did you think they had? Mine wasn't... Well, I had two. So my first one wasn't much better than what Ben had, which is diplomacy between vastly different cultures is tricky. Because I couldn't figure out what the hell was happening as a concept. And it's like, basically, they spend the whole time trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with these people and how to relate to them and what is the right thing to do both in terms of decorum and 
you know, what's expected of them, what's their role in this society and all this stuff. But something was bothering me, and the whole time I'm like, there's something about gender roles, right? Something about gender roles. This has something to do with women versus men, right? This is what, like, most of the episode's about, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Then it hit me. This is the 80s, and this is still so on the nose because it's the 80s that literally the concept is women are the equal of men. Which is, like, the most basic concept and is so granted, like, taken for granted now. But in 1986 or 87 or whatever, you still had to make that the concept of the episode. Think about it, dude. So we see... Dude shows up. He's like, a woman as your chief of security? Right. The women... She she whips Lieutenant's ass. Yeah, whips Lieutenant's ass, whips the hologram's ass. And then there is that moment when Picard is like, we've noticed your interest in her. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is some normal shit for us. Like, this is regular everyday shit. Yeah. So, again, that would be right on the nose. Like, they're saying, hey, it ain't a thing. Yeah, and, like, Yarina is, like, a powerful woman, and she owns the land, and she tricks him in the end with the help of Picard, which uh, we'll get to execution. But, like, uh, in yeah. the end, she tricks him, and she, you know, she's the winner. She still owns all the land, and fuck you, Lutan. You thought you could man your way through this, but nah. By by the way, she had no idea that any of this was going to happen, right? right? Picard did not talk to Yarina about this. And that's scenario. part of what my execution score is based on. But I, yeah. eventually, I figured out, oh, no, wait, it's 1986. The concept is just straight up women are the equal of men. I mean, man, that's a possibility. I feel like that you're talking about Angel One. Oh, maybe that. Well, that could happen again. Although they may even miss the concept, they may execute even worse. And it's. I guess it's true. <laughs> they may execute it even worse. But yeah, it's possible uh, when we watch it. That's the same that, concept. So that I mean, without getting too far, that is actually kind of an episode about how you deal with dude. We're, we'll have to civil watch rights. It. It's a civil rights episode. Yeah, really. but we will have to watch that one because. Uh... So we have to keep doing this until we get to Angel One. You're saying? Well, I'm saying like I, I can't unpack that because we, we're gonna have. I mean, I'm gonna. I've last week I only kind of skimmed the TNG episode because I'd seen it semi recently and it didn't come back to me the way I thought it would. So oh. this week I actually sat down and watched Code of Honor all the way through and took detailed notes and I, I did see it differently when I was doing that. So yeah, boy, uh, I'll have to think about that. So you said you gave it a six. For I gave it a six based on those premise, two rather premises. not execution. Yeah. I know you didn't give it a six for execution. No, I gave it a six because it's like that. Once I figured out what they were doing, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But it's not like it's hard for me to take that as a novel concept. So that's what I gave it. My <clears throat> man, if that's what they were going for, they spent ninety percent of the episode not talking about that at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So I'll, I'll, I'll jump into execution then. So I gave him a three in execution. And what I had was, for the diplomacy one that I came up with first, they certainly do take a lot of time to show how difficult it is to, like, relate with the different alien species and they have the, they struggle with the Prime Directive and, and all that stuff. But they did end up playing pretty fast and loose with this big vaccine on the line that they need. Like, Correct. They have a zany scheme in the end to, like, win oh, the day. It's incredibly zany. And it kind of undercuts the seriousness of the negotiations with this alien culture who's not a part of the Federation. Uh, brother, nothing undercuts how the this serious vaccine problem that they have more than the fact that they leave that planet at warp three. <laughs> I know! Millions, millions will die, dude. Yep. And they're like, they're just going to take their sweet time. <laughs> um, uh, and then for the other part, 
the woman does end up winning the day, like I said, and getting all his lands and shit. But it's all Picard's plan, and he's a dude. It's definitely because of a man's scheme. Yeah. <clears throat> so I gave it I a mean, it's like, yeah, I guess Dr. Crusher revived her. Yeah, but... but that was not her plan. She was just there. So, yeah, I gave it a three. Uh, well, I gave this one a big fat zero. And <laughs> you know that I rarely do that. Well, uh, I guess. I just, the fact that Picard moralizes so much about the Prime Directive, because clearly they could beam her out of there and the vaccine and just fuck right off. Would yeah. not be a problem. Spent so much time moralizing about the Prime Directive and then comes up with a zany plot. Yeah. A zany plot to overthrow the leader of this planet. And like you said, this is where the letter of the law and spirit of the law thing comes in. And you're giving yeah. it a zero because you think it is just super shitty of him? Yeah, it's just shitty. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it models very poor behavior that you cannot accept from the man who makes these speeches. Right. Like, he's just as bad as, as Luton. Yeah. No, I think it's true. Um, it didn't get a great score for me from world building either. Yeah, me I'm either. afraid that I gave it a two. Boom. This episode is not going to get a lot of points. Uh, and because really the only thing that came out of this that I thought is interesting at all is the idea that not everything can be replicated. Right. That's true. Right. Yeah, they, they, she gets the vaccine and Picard's like, I thought you were going to try to replicate it. She's like, can't. It's, they're, they're, it just can't be done so that there, at least it leaves the possibility that there can be some driving force that they need to get a thing, right? Because, yeah. you know, whatever. So, But again, that's not much. I gave it a two. Well, that means they, at least they thought about it. Somebody asked a Mike Layden question in the room. Someone well, went, just well, why wouldn't the they just replicate it? And then so they go, okay, we'll put in a line that says they can't. Yep. Anything else? No, that was the only world building that I felt was done in this episode. I mean, unless you think it's world building that they train on the holodeck, but I think they say that in Encounter at Farpoint. All right. Let me, um, I gave it a four. Okay. And I, um, so they do meet a non-Federation species and they spend a lot of time with them. Now that's not, it doesn't end up being great because it's, they keep talking about how they're just analogous to various earth cultures so they're not super different right but you know you meet someone new you get you spend a lot of time with them you're learning about a new society whatever i don't know i suspect they will never come up again but i guess you don't know during this episode um you're right you do learn about like physical training on the holodeck and they show you kind of how that works and stuff but you're i don't know exactly how novel that is um jordy shaves with that with that electric razor that's right. I put that in his world building. <laughs> By the way, because that's, why don't they um, just like beam the hair out of his face? That scene is in in my quick hitters for, uh, for later. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, and Data has apparently given him a better razor, but it's about the feel, dude. I don't know if it's even like a better way. He tuned it. He tuned it for him. Yeah. <clears throat> he tuned that razor up. Anyway, those are the only things I could think of, and I gave it a four. Yeah. Let's uh, let's see. Oh, that's my notes. I was like, man, Ben had the same idea as I did. <laughs> he even said it the same way. That is crazy. Um, So Ben gave this one an eight for execution. Holy shit. Wait, what, did he have the same concept as us? What did he have for concept? His, his concept was different codes of honor. Oh, that's and again, right. this is a tough one to actually conceptualize. Right. Um, But for world building... 
He liked the weapons they fought with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's as important as Jordy's razor. He thinks it's interesting that the that they show that Data is second in command of the ship. If that's the first time that's happened, okay, that might be. Uh, yeah, Wesley gets his uh, driver's license. <laughs> yeah, not only okay. I get he's so a, that's a real throwaway, by the way. I get he's a prodigy or whatever, but apparently he already knows exactly how to run every system on the ship. Apparently, just through going on the internet, I guess. I don't know. He just sits down, he knows immediately what to do at all times. Anyway, just, never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, coming to characterization. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? I gave it a three. And it isn't because they didn't do work. It's because I found a lot of it deplorable. So, Beverly is already awful. Just straight awful. She walks into Picard's office and straight up accuses him of not even trying to get the vaccine. And right. tries to, like, guilt him about how many millions of people are going to die and everything. Even though like, he just got to that planet and they just kidnapped Tashiar. And he's like, oh, right. uh, well, you know, I'm trying. Like, give me a minute. She's just like, I've seen death, but not on this scale. And he's like, then all she right. she badgers him into letting Wesley onto the bridge. Yeah, and then immediately switches and goes, by the way, I want some extra stuff for my son. Trying to get gain some advantages, yeah, for my son. That's you go to the pool is when you want to take girls' advantages. Yep. Um, what movie was that? Some terrible Hong Kong feces movie. Uh, is it? Is it that one where it's the one where they have the uh, motorcycles Jet in the Lee elevator? Is the stunt double of somebody? Yeah, so I think it's called Friday or. Oh no. yeah. Next Friday. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the other Friday. It's not the real Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's called Friday. I think that's right. Yeah, it is Friday. And the bad English translations at the bottom yeah. were hilarious. Like, oh, uh, come on, man. You got to get on the pool. The pool is for taking of girls' advantages. Uh, yeah, but you're right. She's definitely trying to uh, get a get a Picard to violate the rules for her son. Yeah. So she's Based just, on their personal relationship. She's barely in the episode, but when she is, she's already awful. Uh, she does have the shitty, cliched line when Tashiar says that uh, Yarina is already dead. Or is already growing cold. And then she's like, sorry, that wasn't in my briefing. Like, oh. oh. You're not going to let her die. You're yeah. determined not to let her die. That's some hackneyed shit. Yeah. Um, Picard super loves France. We get That's the first time this happens. Because they, he talks about how it's an obscure language or whatever. Oh, yeah. And he gets all pissed off at Data. Uh, Data is fucking annoying to everybody, and everyone wants to run away from him. Oh, yeah. In fact, when he comes into Jordy's quarters and starts to tell a joke, Jordy, without his visor, tries to run away. (laughs) He tries to run away from Data, and Data gets in his way and keeps telling the joke. Okay, uh, now, this is something you and I talk about all the time, but I think this may be the first instance where you have to turn Data off. (laughs) Because he gets in the way of a blind man and won't let him leave his quarters. Yep. Yeah. Super aggressive. Um, <sighs> Troy really wants this fight to go down. Oh, she sure does. And it's it's played off like it's for practical reasons, a la War for Spock. Uh-huh. Like, she's like, no, they have to fight to the death, you know, for, for, for so we can get the vaccine. But she's way into this thing going down, and she keeps, like, trying to trick Yar into, like... She- I do, I do not understand the weird shot she takes at Yar. Yeah, she's like, yeah, but he is handsome, right? And she's like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, but you felt really good when he's like, hey, I want her. And she's like, well, yeah, I mean, it feels good. But Troy, 
You I'm tricked me. You oh tricked me. God. That was um that is not well written. Well, nothing is in this. And yeah. and even though Yar is in this episode from start to finish, I have no idea what to make of her character. I don't know what she is. I got nothing on Yar. Uh yeah, she's just kind of in this scenario. Like she's very passive in this. Yeah. yeah. So she's kind of along for the ride. So even though I feel like they were you know, they're doing some work, still trying to get to know these characters and stuff. Um, I didn't think any of it was particularly well done. So I gave it a three. Um, yeah, well, it's not going to surprise you then that I give this one a two. <laughs> you fucking reamed this episode. I, it's, this is just, it's just so bad. It's not good at all. Um, you know, it's like, I've always hated the naked now. Right. But I still gave it 19 points last week, which is fairly high for me. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like when you break it down into these individual things, mm-hmm. you you sort of bury your distaste for the episode. Yeah, and again, On like we talked side, about, sometimes it comes out and you really enjoyed the episode and gave it a low score or vice versa. But Yeah, on the flip side, I, I never cared about this episode one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nothing episode, except that... Like, it's, it's just some first season Star Trek. We do often say lines from it because some of them are pretty dumb. I mean, we definitely have said many, many times that a code of honor protects one like a magic cloak. Yeah. Which he says, Um, real African. Yeah, so for characterization, Picard gives a ton of speeches about the Prime Directive and then (laughs) violates it. Troy's super weird non-point about Yar being attracted to Luton. Like, like, what is even the point there? Like, oh, you shouldn't be. (laughs) Yeah, I I caught you. She's like, well, no, what she says is, just so that, you know, you really thought this thing out. Like, maybe there was a chance that Yar was going to say yes to Luton and stay and have his land, and that's what Troy wants. <laughs> it's weird. She's like, you know, just in case you want to stay on this planet and be this guy's wife. It's almost like she just wants her off the bridge, like, I, no, I'm the only woman. Yeah, they are not friends. There cannot be two of us. They're not friends at all. Uh, Riker does nothing in this episode. Yeah, he's a, he's a the, zero. For the, the way that this show is about Riker so far, he... He stands on the bridge and he calls down twice like he does shit. Yeah. Uh, they put Wesley on the bridge in like the third scene of the episode. Yep. He does nothing there. He's just still there at the end. Yep. That's it. That would that plot is nothing. There's nothing in that. Yeah, not really in this episode. Yeah, so for me it's a two. Um, I got some quick hitters here. Go for it. Uh, when they beam up and deploy a red carpet for Luton. Mm-hmm. You can see the tape marker where he's supposed to stand. I saw that as well. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, so, again, the Sung Horse suggests that the Lagonians are like the Chinese, right? Yep. That thing just Picard's to give away? Yeah, I don't know where he got that, why that was ready, Did, what the deal I mean, was. it's a fake, right? They replicated it. Yeah, they spend a lot of time in this episode. Several characters spend a lot of time in this episode debriefing Picard on these guys. And I don't know what... Starfleet's history is with this planet and who briefed them and what all these briefings are from and why Picard is the only one on the ship who didn't read them. And the, But also, here here we're going to give away this 1,100-year-old yeah. piece of ceramics. I bet they just replicated it. But it's nothing. Yeah, prob- probably, right? It's nothing. Yeah. Um, Yar calls for Aikido 1 yep. to start that program, yep. and then they just start doing judo. Whatever. No one knows it's the just, difference in 1986. It's just not Aikido. Right. It's just not, though. Um, then uh, at one point Data says what I think might be the worst line of dialogue in any Star Trek so I'm (laughs) going to play that for you right now other comments if I may sir 
One of the things about them in the briefing studies was their respect for patients. Strongly emphasized. <laughs> one of the things. One of the things about them in the briefing studies was their respect for patients. The writing in the show, and particularly early on in the show, is really bad. But part of me thinks that that is a line that was better, and that was the best that Brent Spiner got it out. And like they just, he just went, couldn't whatever. remember it. That is essentially what we are saying. So let's just keep it. Because uh, yeah, that is diarrhea mouth. <laughs> like if if you were teaching a uh, junior year English class and you got that in a paper, like they'd get it'd get a mark, right? Oh yeah, I'd, I'd like, cross hey, out that whole section. Let's let's revise this. This is nonsense. Cross it out. I'd say you chase yourself around in logical errors. <laughs> B plus. B B plus. <laughs> So a comment that I actually got on a on a term paper one time. Uh, you chase every yourself time I, around in logical errors, B+. I never noticed that until the uh, earlier this year when I started rewatching Star Trek and that line was said, but it just makes me laugh. Like, Yeah, that's That's garbage. the best they could do. Awful. Either the writers or Brent. But you see what I mean, um, right? There were like four of them all surrounding Picard talking about this debriefing that they had. And I'm just going, where's Picard? How come he wasn't in this debriefing? He's the guy in charge. Especially of diplomacy. Yeah. Ugh, all right. Uh, in that scene where Data is talking about Jordy's beard or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, he calls Jordy my friend like 15 times. And it's creepy every time. Why don't you use the shaver iTunes for you, my friend? Ugh. It's like, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's real weird. Yep. Um, but I guess it establishes that they're friends. You notice I didn't give him any points for characterization for that. No, no. Uh, and then, of course, now that they've finally got this great vaccine, they uh, they bust it out of there at Warp 3. Yeah, not in a hurry to save millions of lives. Um, <clears throat> I got some quick hitters. So he meets Yar, Luton meets Yar, and he goes, A woman as your chief of security? And I thought at that point he should have looked right into the camera for a while. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, we get it. Yeah, a woman. Chief of security. I'm with you. Boy, these guys are so backward. Um, Yard goes to- Yard goes totally overboard when she flips the lieutenant, that other guy, on the ground when he doesn't want to give her the vaccine. Right. Like, this is a diplomatic situation. Like, yeah, this guy definitely beamed up with a bomb. Like, that's <laughs> definitely the scenario that yeah. happened here. And the transporter didn't... Oh, I guess they used got to use their own transporter for reasons of pride. But he just... He just, she just throws him on the ground like that is diplomatic protocol. Yeah. Ugh, all right. But I guess that's yeah, no- not not diplomatic at all. I mean, I guess nobody but Picard and the entire crew knows the art of diplomacy. Anyway, um, if uh, what's his name, the Lutan's boy, if he starts to flip out about this plan in the middle of that match because because he's in love with Yarina, why didn't he say anything at all about it until the middle of the fight? Uh, and also, Luton doesn't care. Yeah, Luton does not care. That's He's true. Not bothered at all by this sudden revelation. But the whole time, the guy's like, "Oh, I see what you're doing. That's pretty smart. You're a smart guy. You're gonna get Yarina killed. This is gonna be a really good plan." And then, in the middle of the match, suddenly he's like, "Yarina!" And it's like, "Oh, so wait, he's in love with her? How come he didn't say anything earlier when this guy was telling him about his plan to get her killed?" Anyway, uh, I already said, "What's the point of data correcting Picard?" Um, Oh, how about this one, where Yar looks right at Luton in the conference room, and she's like, I'd like to do it, sir, as a sign of respect, perhaps? Right. And I'm like, oh, that's another horrible line. Why is she saying that to him like that, all sarcastic? 
like he's like if you show us respect then we'll be great friends and obviously that's insulting to her in some way yeah but it's like no one like is... she's really like who's this guy just right to his face and just stares him down like boy this is going really well we are off to a good start uh why do they keep meeting them in the cargo bay is that where you meet dignitaries yeah doesn't make any sense Whoa. i guess they maybe they were hoping they would get that vaccine right away and that's where it goes just like a whole cargo bay full of it yeah which is very uh, strange Probably just an excuse to build the cargo bay sets they knew they'd want later. <laughs> so weird. Oh, we got to meet some dignitaries. Let's meet them in, uh, I don't know, cargo bay four? Where do you want to go? Okay. Um, still plenty of uh, original series music blasts throughout this episode. So yeah, that was something that Ben actually super liked about this episode. Yeah, still got those. Original series music that was all over it. Yeah. Uh, they keep hammering it down our throats about how hot Yar is. Everyone's just like, well, she's very attractive. And everyone has to keep saying it. Right. Every single episode, they have to tell us how sexy Tashi Yar is. Um, uh, you weren't kidding about their footfalls? You were talking about how you can hear Riker tromping around on the bridge? Oh, yeah. Dude, this is some Rolling Stones-level audio. <laughs> like, they're all hella echoey, and you can hear them stomping around and everything. Like, they put one microphone in the center of the room and went, that's good. Well, I mean, again, I'll play this data clip. Just listen to the background noise. I know. Other comments? If I may, sir? One of the things about them in the briefing studies was their respect for patients. Strongly. <laughs> I know. There's like it's, it's just like awful. a constant. There's a constant, and then beep 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 beep. If you beep, if beep, you beep, weren't beep, watching, it would be really distracting. If you would yeah, just have the audio. Like I was like, oh man, is that the best I could get that audio? And then I just listened to the actual audio again. And I'm like, oh no, that's what it sounds like. Uh, that whole conversation about Picard leading the away team instead of Riker is super cringeworthy. Commander, that's quite formal. And like data up there is like not us, not second in command, him. Him. It's like, oh my god, who wrote this? So this is probably what happened, right? Um They pitched on all of these story ideas for this first batch, and then different people went off and wrote them. <laughs> yeah. And so at this point, this is still an episode written by somebody who has not seen any of the rest of Star Trek. Yeah, he has no idea what these people are like or how anyone talks. These first several episodes are everybody's first pass at the next generation. So bad. Uh, My TV is still stuck in super smooth motion. No one has fixed my TV yet. God, man, don't... Why are you ruining another day for me? I'm sorry, I just... So the picture is so clear. And I noticed for the first time, I've seen this episode fucking 25, 30 times, conservatively. I noticed for the first time that when Yar is like, um, she's like, uh, they're a little bit worse for wear after they ask her if she's been mistreated. That the, the, the guy, dude's got a black eye. Dude's got a black eye. But I never yeah. noticed that the other 25 or 30 times I've seen this episode. But I finally saw it and I was like, oh yeah, she gave that guy a black eye. Yeah, I saw that my first time through this year. When yeah. it was the first time I saw it on an HDTV. Um... There is so much exposition given during that ceremony in the center place. In Luton's center place. Where the guy is just shouting at the top of his lungs, No woman has challenged the right of supersedence in over 200 years! Yep. It's like, oh, dude, you were quick with that one. You just had that ready to go. Um, uh, And uh, Troy talks about how Luton is uh, such a basic male image. And I was like, uh, something feels vaguely racist about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's 100% racist. Yeah. Um, Picard complains that he's being manipulated most of all. Not true. And it's like, uh, Doug, you're not the one fighting to the death tomorrow. No, it's clearly Tasha Yar. You are even manipulating Yar, and Troy is manipulating her harder. 
So just stop whining. And then uh, the lieutenant guy gives up the whole plan like a dope when Picard and Luton are talking. And he's just like, well, he he may be important, but I don't know if he's rich. It's just like, why did you say that? What was the point of saying that? Yeah, just to to take Luton down a peg. Maybe it's like um, Luton's not really the leader of that place, but they like had to. They had to pick somebody to do this diplomatic meeting. Yeah. And it was, you know, Luton got up there, but he's like, now he's getting a big head about it. Yeah, everyone has to take him down. So, anyway, that was all I had for this one. So, what were what our totals on this shitty episode? Yeah, so totaling it up, you gave this episode 16 points. Boom. That's and, awful. Uh, and I gave it 10. Oh, my God. And 10 is my all-time low so far. Good job. That's uh, worse than last week's episode, Fight or Flight, from Enterprise, which I gave 11. Oh, man. <clears throat> Ten. It was not, not the first zero that I gave, though. Ten. Oh, wait. No, it was. I was going to say. I think it is. <laughs> Ten. Everyone bear in mind. That means the average score on that was two and a half. That's right. Per category. That's bad. And I gave most of it to a concept that I'm not 100% convinced they were trying to do. So. <laughs> All Literally, right. that was six of the ten points. We're, I think we're moving slow. Let's move on to DS9. We are. Let's, let's talk about this Deep Space Nine episode. It remains my favorite theme song. Yeah. Um, I think I like Voyagers better. Voyagers is okay. I think Voyager really captures the uh, whole exploration, and uh, it, f- it sounds like Roddenberry's Star Trek to me. <laughs> Much more than the show portrays it. Yes, yes, that's right. Well, it was already post Roddenberry, so they they threw all that shit. Uh, Matt, tell me window. about a man alone. Oh, boy, why do you give me this one? It's a hard one to unpack too. Just been alternating. <laughs> um, so a man alone. Uh, Odo recognizes a dude on the station who he had previously put in jail for murder under when he was still working for the Cardassians. Um, uh, he wants to kick him off the station. Cisco doesn't want him to. That dude is immediately murdered himself, and Odo becomes the prime suspect. So they have to figure out who killed the guy and whether Odo did it or how to deal with Odo. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Keiko O'Brien... Um, is like a bored housewife, and they have to come up with something for her to do. That's it, right? I mean, basically, yeah. Okay, all right. Not, um, not a wonderful episode. I'm just going to spoil it by saying that. Um, Were I you gave able it... to identify a concept. Oh boy. Um, okay. So I came up with it's a murder mystery. One <laughs> that is not a concept, but that was all I could come up with for the main plot. That's definitely the main plot. Okay. The secondary room murder mystery. Yeah, the secondary plot was people having to adjust to a a life they didn't choose or whatever. You know what I mean? They got like some Jake stuff in there, you got some Keiko stuff in there. How they're how they're getting by on this place they don't particularly want to be and stuff like that. So not much going on. I gave it a four. That might have been generous. I gave it a four. You gave it a four for the concept a murder mystery? (laughs) And the secondary plot, which is also not much. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm sorry, is 4 a great score now? 4 out of 10 is a great score? No, it's not. It's you just, just throw out zeros like it's fucking... Well, you've thrown out 1. I've thrown out one, <laughs> one zero out of, so far, 12 episodes. Right. Okay, um... So... I mean, I guess... So what I have written down for the concept, and is, I'm not confident, mm. is 
no good deed goes unpunished. What's the good deed? Uh, Odo arrested a murderer. Oh, yeah, in the past. Yes, and he was a murderer even if who he killed was just a Cardassian. Right, right, right. And now this guy's just trying to make his life a living hell. And by the way, all of these shitty Bajorans are, like, into it. Very easily convinced to be They're going to string this guy up. They're not initially into it, but super easily convinced. Yeah. Guy shows up at the bar, he's like, hey, I think, uh... I think Odo might be like a collaborator with Cardassians or something. I think he killed that dude. You remember that? And they all went, yeah, fuck that guy. He used to work for the Cardassians like I most remember of us now. did. Yeah. I've been living here for months, but I just now thought of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Ben agrees with you. He wrote Murder Mystery in Space. Yeah, the, I really couldn't do anything. Or maybe a Western. Yeah. I couldn't do anything with the main plot. I didn't know what to make of it. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so I had originally, and I guess I should say that uh, I scored my non-concept a three. Yeah, when you can you scale mine down to a three? You want to move now down that to I think three? about it? That main plot was really nothing. Um, it's procedural. I had originally written that this was an episode about justice versus the letter of the law, mm-hmm. like, like justice versus in an abstract concept versus legal justice. Because Cause of in the first scene. five minutes, you think it's going to be about Odo trying to get rid of that guy or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. but then it's like, no, not really. Yeah, like f- at at no point does the rest of the crew really think that Odo did it. Nope. They just do a sort of by the books investigation on the whole thing. It's yeah. In the first five those, minutes, those two ideas never really come into conflict. I thought it was going to be about just trying to mesh Odo's idea of justice with Starfleet's, and like, right? Yeah. You know, absolute justice versus, you know, enlightened justice or whatever. But it, no, it, it it becomes a procedural. Yeah, five that's why I backed off of that. Like, so. it, it really is. This is this is an episode of Bones. So I, I, in execution, I gave it a five because it is a murder mystery. Right. And it's pretty Star Trek-y in the twist. You know, the future technology kind of allows this particular murder to go down. And, and so it's... You know, they're doing what they can to work with what they got, what they got as a shit concept. And Keiko does decide to make a school, which is a poorly thought out idea that will be hard to care about later. (laughs) But um, what can you do? Like, seriously, what can you do with that, that Keiko has a school? Nothing, right? not much. You can't do anything with that. So uh, I gave it a five, but you know what? I'm giving it a four. Can you you scale that down to a four? Dropping it down to four? Yeah. Um, (laughs) This is really bad. Like you, I gave it a five for execution. Okay. Because, um, again, it's mostly fine. There were a couple of things that irritated me. Uh, for one thing, this is the only episode in which it takes this long to figure out that something is a clone. I know. Like, uh, I'm sorry, Doug. We saw that episode where Pulaski and, and Riker straight murdered their clones, and they knew it right away. Yeah, Bashir does grow that thing for, like, three-fourths of the episode. Yeah, And only in the final act is, by the way, he goes straight up to the angry mob and yells the evidence at them. Yes. I have new evidence, everybody! Angry mob! It's like, You're the people I should be telling about this. <laughs> it's like, hey, why don't you have this conversation in private? Just relax, dude. I know it's uh, an emergency, but damn. And the other problem is that so this is a closed room murder mystery, and the idea, and they just straight tell us this, is that this murder could only have been committed by someone who could get through the cracks of the door. Odo volunteers that himself. Yeah. Before anyone oh, yeah. has suspected him. 
Yes. No one has ever brought up that he might be a suspect, and he's like, I'm the only one who could have done it. You're like, good job, buddy. Meanwhile, they, like, so they, they do the obvious one, because Cisco asks, is there any evidence that a transporter was used to yeah. get in here? Which is a real weird way to ask that question, by the way. Yeah. Because the answer is, yeah, there's no evidence, but that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Like, is that enough? Yeah. Did no one think of the thing I thought of? Oh, the dude was already in there. Yeah, that's. Uh, I thought they were going to say it. Like, we checked the logs. The guy came in alone. After he said, well, the only, the only time the door opened is when the guy came in, or, or whatever. And so no, I it was opened like, again, but he was already dead. Yeah, so then I was By the way, like... It opened again. Why would Noto just leave through the door cracks? That's <laughs> right. I know. So but, my, yeah. But so, that happened. I thought they were going to say that then. I thought next they were going to say, oh, the dude was waiting in there. Yeah. But no. Right. So that's actually where most of the points are lost for execution for me is that the, the they don't do any. There's It's a very poor job is done of setting up the closed room for this murder mystery. What I love is Cisco handing the investigation to like Dax and Kira, and I'm like, I don't think they're trained investigators. Yeah, I think there's one trained investigator on this entire fucking station because it turns out Odo's security office is like Doctor Crusher's sick bay, and no one else works there. Yes, <laughs> Odo's the only one who works there, which is why it's so easy to vandalize it. If he is not in it, you can just go in there. Apparently, yep. <sighs> Garbage. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. No. So you gave it a five for execution. Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. Um, ben gave it a six, saying that he thought the end had a decent twist. I thought the twist was like real, real predictable. Yeah, but it is super Star Trekky. Oh, it is because it's, it, it's, it's based entirely on future te- technology and not on writing a good plot. It's oh, not for like sure. oh, we wrote something cool. It's we wrote something shitty and we band-aided it with future technology. Yeah, so very Star Trek in that way. Yeah, the guy murdered his own clone. Yeah. That's why only his DNA was in there. By the way, this is on one of my quick hitters, but um, uh, Odo says in the end um, that killing your own clone is still murder. And I thought, oh, well, that's new. Somebody tell Riker. Yeah, because they kill all kinds of clones early on, and uh, that is not considered murder. In fact, no one even bats an eye at it, so. Uh, It's pretty clear that not all laws apply. If you're not in the Federation. <laughs> yeah. Like, the next generation is pretty cavalier about stuff, so. He just says it out loud, and I went, well, that is patently untrue. Also, I love that the Bajorans have, like, they've just got it down. Oh, there's a clone? Cool. Yeah, I know. We know exactly what to do with that scenario. <laughs> yeah. Oh! The- uh, in two days, he's going to join uh, Bajoran society. Yeah, dude. They- oh, they're all going to be cool with that? Because, like, they're hella religious. I wrote this down. It's like, the clone woke up and started a new life? How? Who taught it how to like talk and think and do stuff? Yeah. It's an adult baby. Is, is that it what we're, what happened? We're dealing to, with an adult baby scenario. <laughs> what happened to the question? Is it moral that you grew it out of curiosity and now it has a life that it has to live? Yeah, and by the way, someone's got to take care of this goddamn thing. Yeah, I mean, but the Bashir's problem. <laughs> literally, Bashir just goes, "Well, let's grow it and see what it is." Oh, it's a person. <laughs> it's a person. So what are you going to do about it? Oh, nothing. We're just going to give it away, and then whatever. Oh, garbage. World building? Um, only gets a three for world building for me. I feel like the only thing new here is uh, is Keiko's school. Yeah, Again, and, uh, I don't even know what you can do with that. I have that. big problems with this idea, because it's like, she is a botanist. That's what I said. Is she a trained teacher? Can she, she, she has no teaching credentials. Does anyone care? The answer's no. And she just is talking 
the other parents on the station into it. Like, fuck it, I'll teach them. Well, she didn't even have to convince Cisco. She's like, I think I should be a teacher. That's right? a great idea. Cisco goes, yeah, okay, sure. What do you want? Like $100,000? What do you need to get started? We need space. We'll find it. Yeah. We need computers. You'll have them. <laughs> yeah, it's the two. E- the only two things you have on that station. <laughs> Or space and computer. How about a teacher? That's why he offered them, dude. He's like, or that's why she, when she, if she said anything else, he would have gone, well, you know, we'll, we'll think about it. No. But yeah, space and computers, sure. Yeah. Uh, so that was it for world building. That's all you had? Uh, was there anything else? Um, so here's what I have. I mean, we learned some stuff about Odo having to regenerate and shit like that, but that's not world building to me. That's characterization. I gave it a five. Okay. We'll see if I have to downgrade it again. Um, had we already heard about Dabo? Is that the first time we saw Dabo? Oh, boy. Bunch it of people might playing... be the first time we see Dabo. A bunch of people playing think... Dabo, and uh, we get to see uh, Rom running the show there. Yeah, but not doing his Rom voice. No, being evil, being a dick. Yeah. He's just being angry dick. Uh, let's talk about how you have 26 hours to get off this station. And I wasn't sure if that was the first time they'd mentioned that it was a 26-hour cycle. But, Shit, it might have been. I totally let that slip. But I did angrily say at the TV, cool story, Rick Berman. Fuck, I got to upgrade cool to story. four. That's upsetting. I was so mad that he bothered to say that. Who cares? Just make it 24. I don't care. That is some horse shit that you would do just to be like, see, it's science fiction. It's different. This is a different the, planet. The hours are different. Ugh. They use quatloos instead of dollars. <laughs> uh, again, dude killed his own clone, and that is murder, apparently. I counted that as world building, because it changed something. Um, oh, incidentally, he's he's even if he's not guilty of murder, he's guilty of uh, framing this dude conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we learn a little bit about Ferengi education that they just throw him into the marketplace. They don't actually teach him anything. They don't send him to school. Yeah, do you think they can get apprenticeships? Do, do you think Nog can read? <laughs> no, I don't think so because I remember an episode later on where Jake has to teach him to read. Okay, then. So, that should not go into this episode, but that will come later. Also, there is something called Bare Fist Juro Counterpunch. Yes. Which I'm into. I want to watch it immediately. Can I please see some Bare Fist Juro Counterpunch? <laughs> that is a good point. That is one of the things at which old Curzon Dax excelled, was Bare Fist Juro Counterpunch. I'm, I'm 100%. I don't need to know anything else. Oh, I want that in. Is, that is this show's Parisi Squares or Ambujitsu. <laughs> yeah, give it to me. Show me some. They would have gotten a 10 if they'd showed me Bare Fist Juro Counterpunch. Let me just yeah, say that. sounds great. Yeah. So that's all I had for World Building. I gave it a 5. Okay. Well, you talked me up to a 4, <laughs> believe it or not. Because all I had was Keiko School, and you definitely saw some more World Building. I think I j- was not enjoying this episode. Oh, boy. And I, it... I will admit that by the time I was watching the Enterprise episode, I was finding it really hard to keep good yeah. notes. I was sitting there going, oh, can I fast forward? Well, the weird the weird thing is, I, it, this is giving the ending away a little bit. This is actually the episode I scored highest. Oh, okay. Uh, and I and yeah, I obviously missed those things, so it actually gets another point. Uh, characterization. Um, so who's in this episode, right? Um, Bashir. Bashir. All right. So he's got the teaser, which is one of the worst teasers of all time. It has nothing to do with the plot. Oh my god! It's nothing. There's a it's a nothing teaser where they're like, "I'm horny for Dax, but she doesn't like me." Go to credits. Like, that has nothing to do with anything. Also, also, and I'm sure we will have given up on this before we get to the game. <laughs> oh, I know. Qu- quit imagining video games, dude. Ugh, they're bad you're, at it. 
you're telling me that Dex is sitting in there not playing Red Dead Redemption 2? <laughs> That's right, exactly. Coming out fall 2017, everybody! Woo! Um, uh, yeah, dude. No, so, instead she's trying to turn a bubble from blue to gold. Like, how bad is your episode going to be? You only have 40 minutes, and you spent none of it in the teaser trying to establish a plot. Yeah. You did nothing with the teaser. That means you couldn't fill 40 minutes with your garbage episode. You could have put that whole first act where Odo tells the guy to get off the station and Cisco's like, wait, what? Yeah. And then the guy gets killed. That You could have gone to credits after the guy gets knifed. You absolutely should have done that, but they knew they couldn't fill 40 minutes because this episode is nothing. Yeah. It's they nothing. had to waste 90 seconds on Ugh. that teaser. It wasn't know. long either. I don't even... It was garbage. Um, anyway, so Bashir's in it, but... um. He's a really aggressively pursuing Dax. Right. Who is technically in it, but sort of as an object, not as a person. She's an object, I believe, for like the entire first season. So far, we have not seen any personality from her at all. Right. Um, okay, O'Brien and Keiko don't get along. That's... like they're, well, they're having a fight. Yeah, they're, they're fighting, and it seems like this is a recurring thing, that she does not want to be there, and they're fighting about it. Whatever. Uh, Odo hates women. For some reason that I don't understand. Oh yeah, he he has that weird thing about she wants to listen to Klingon opera. Yeah, it's like Doug, so you listen to Klingon opera. You just told me you've never been with a woman. So what is this? Because then he's like, so you compromise? You listen to Klingon opera? The and it's dude like, has been watching the worst sitcoms in our history. <laughs> right. He is. He that is episode of Friends. Some, this is some sin bad level material. Yeah. That uh, that Odo is recounting here. Um, so we learned that about Odo. Other than that, his part is all procedural, and I don't, I didn't learn a lot about him. You know, he's got to regenerate in that bucket every thirteen hours or whatever. Yeah, Jake has a new friend. Cool. Yep. Uh, Rom's a jerk. That's right. I put Rom uh, in for characterization. I can't believe you even wrote the word Rom. Yeah, Cisco. And First Dax... of all, I'm not sure his name is said. Right. Uh, she does say Mister Rom. Uh, Mister Rom. Okay. Yeah. Cisco and Dax had some good times. Yeah, if that's where most of the characterization work is here. That's all I got, dude. I and gave it a the four. Only, the only other thing that I put down for characterization, which I gave a six, but I'm tempted to downgrade. Yeah. The, the only other thing I put down for characterization is that you, Odo definitely has some I, concept of ideal justice and yeah. cares less about legality. I guess that's true. He does start to uh, shove that guy off the station and the guy's like, what? Why are you pushing me? And he's like, shut up! And then Cisco's like, well, he hasn't done anything. And it was like, he murdered someone. He also probably doesn't believe in uh, redemption? No. Well, it's true, I he mean, doesn't even suspect that this guy has been redeemed. The guy's sentence got cut short. Like, he was released because the Bajorans were like, well, fuck it, he killed a Cardassian. Fucking Spoonhead. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, but even so, like... Odo's, uh, Odo's not like, well, he, you know... He, we sent him to trial, and now he's been released by the legal authorities. No, he's like, get get off my station. Yep. Get off my promenade. So that's the only other piece of characterization. You gave, uh, it, a, you gave I, it a six? That you didn't mention. Yeah, I have given it a six. Boom. And you gave it a four. Yep. So, adding these up, that means I gave this an 18. Okay. Uh... And you have given it a 16. Because I had to downgrade a couple. I also originally gave it an 18, but I had yeah. to talk myself down because there was nothing there. So that puts it at a 34, which puts it just below where no man has gone before but this week. 
still ahead of a code of honor still ahead of code of honor which is uh, diapers yeah a real diapers of an episode quick hitters yes. at the end of that shit teaser when she leaves with cisco and julian's left to like masturbate or whatever because he's got the blue balls um she's like here why don't you try again try this game again because you did so bad the first time she leaves and he's like straight up goes okay and yeah. starts to reset the game I'm like okay i'll play this game <laughs> like yeah, he's why a, he's a real cuck yeah <clears throat> yep yeah, dude, um, the problem with this show, right here, dude, oh, great, an Odo episode, yeah, or a Jake episode, or a Nog yeah. episode, or a Quark episode, or a Bashir episode, so many characters that right off the bat, if I know it's going to be about them, I have no interest in it. Like, most of the characters, if I it's going to be about them. basically all of the characters. <laughs> yeah, right away I go, oh, fuck. Uh, if Trills have all these rules about messing with past lives, why does Jadzia go straight to DS9 to work with Curzon's best friend? Yeah, that seems like it should be. That's a, that's a violation of those rules. Is this episode, like, out of order? Was this... Yeah, technically this this was filmed second. Okay, I think there was some stuff in here that didn't quite match up with what had already happened, so I was confused we, about Bear it. in mind, this is only the third one we've watched. Yeah. Uh, I did ask if Keiko's qualified to teach anybody anything, and that nobody cares. Um, again, Odo implicates himself before anyone else has a chance to. Mm-hmm. That's uh, how you're supposed to know he didn't do it. Hey, dog, I wonder if the sinister guy in the cloak at the bar has anything to do with the murder. <laughs> Just like, maybe. I don't know. Just check him well, out, probably. Also, uh, you could tell that this episode was made right when uh, Mission Impossible came out, because they used that same mask <laughs> That's right. technique. And Odo knows it's a mask so hard, he just goes straight for his face. He just starts pulling on his face. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all I had besides stuff I've already mentioned, like how Julian announces his evidence to the unruly mob. Uh, why does Odo bother to hide in that guy's starship cabin if he's going to hide as a Klingon chair? Like, from, <laughs> from the bridge of a bird of prey. Yeah, that's right. The guy should walk and in then, and go, by the way, Klingon it chair. doesn't matter, because as soon as the guy walks in, he just turns into Odo. Yeah, he doesn't like, let him sit on him or like hang out there or do anything nope. incriminating. No, it's just going to hang out there as that chair. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but, like I said, this was the episode I rated highest this week. Wow. And so, then I bumped it up a point in our discussion. So, we, uh, so that is a spoiler, because we know none of the other two episodes is going to get as high as an 18. From me. From you, yeah. But yeah. Uh, there is still the possibility that uh, this Voyager episode coming up could score well with you. Mm, go for it. Time and again, uh, Voyager races to the scene of a huge planet-wide catastrophe. Uh, but when they're there, ruptures in subspace pull Janeway and Paris back in time to <sighs> one day before the catastrophe. Yeah, catastrophe on planet we don't know or care due about. Due to happen again. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Did you have uh, an idea about the premise of this thing? Uh, No. <laughs> So, I mean, <laughs> I like, have no, written I down that this is sort of an episode about <laughs> the power of the Prime Directive, right. how, or the importance of the Prime Directive, plus time is weird. Right. This is the second episode in a row where the big reveal is that uh, effects can precede causes. 
Yeah. They are into that. Anyway, I gave that dopey premise a three. I gave it a two. So... So... Fuck, I just realized something happened in my file here. My Enterprise notes are gone. Anyway, um... Uh Uh-oh. Uh... So first, I thought that this was, um... An anti-nuclear energy episode? Theirs is whatever they call it. Some Polaric energy. I don't know what it's called on the planet. But the whole episode takes place because they're having these protests about how this kind of energy is dangerous and bad for the planet. And, of course, there is a giant explosion that kills everyone on the planet. And I thought this was going to be, like, a really heavy-handed stay-away-from-nuclear-energy stance, which I thought was kind of weird. But it doesn't really turn into that. That's no. that's more procedural than than concept. The concept seems to be it's another one of these prime directive episodes about what they are allowed to do and how they should go about it. You know, because she keeps telling Tom, she keeps giving Tom Paris these fucking uh, lectures about yes. how they're not, even though the planet's going to blow up or whatever, they're not allowed to do anything about it until she figures out that there being there is what causes the explosion, and then she goes into fucking overdrive trying to change everything. Anyway. Right. Um, so I, I, some kind of prime directive concept. I gave it a four. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's... It would have been a better concept if it dealt in any way with how the prime directive will have to adapt to their circumstances. Like, <clears throat> how they'll have to balance the prime directive with getting everybody home. Right. Uh, if they had intentionally had any dealings with these people at all. So, like, at one point she says, well, Prime Directive's off the table because we caused this problem. Yeah, and then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. There's still a Prime Directive. Right? It still exists. You can't, you should, you can't mitigate the damage? (laughs) Like, she just goes into overdrive at that point, just, like, telling them all about herself and where she's from and what she's I doing mean, there, and it's just like, oh, hold on a second. Basically, she gives them the formula for transparent aluminum. <laughs> yeah. Because how does she know they didn't invent it? Right. It's garbage. Uh, so, uh, I mean, so anyway, so I only gave it a four on concept, but I, I actually give it a two on execution. Four on concept, two on execution. So they didn't even succeed no, in what talking I, about the Prime Directive. What I was saying was it becomes super procedural and stops being about either a nuclear energy plot or the Prime Directive. It's kind of a narrative with no meaning. Here's what happened next, and then this happened. Like, that's it. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I'm wondering if this score that I have given it is a typo. Well, that's whatever you feel, dude. So, I gave it no a judgments. five. For execution on the premise of the Prime Directive and time. Right. The premise that was very hard to say in a sentence. (laughs) But what I have written here is, in the end, nothing happens and nothing matters. (laughs) Five. Cass's growth is a dead end. There's an annoying Encyclopedia Brown character. And the (laughs) twist ending is very obvious. (laughs) What you said was... So that doesn't seem like it should equate to a five. No, what you said is you chase yourself around in logical errors. B+. B+. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but a B a B plus would be eight. I know. I'm so. just saying you took your general enjoyment of this episode, which apparently you loved. You loved this episode, and you let it overwhelm your uh, your sense of execution of this episode. That's what I'm yeah, accusing it's not you. A five. Of. It's not a five. It's a four. <laughs> um, 
everything that happens on Voyager while they're yep. gone does not matter. Oh my god. They should, they, I mean, it's not like the other stuff was good, but they should have just cut all that Voyager stuff. Except that they're the reasons that the planet explodes. That's cool, but... The the reason the planet explodes is B'Elanna Torres figured out a way to try and get to them through subspace. Yeah, the brilliant engineer B'Elanna Torres blew up their planet. Yeah. I wonder if she feels bad about that after the fact. Like, if they go back and she reads the report, I doubt anyone reads anybody's reports, but... Also, by the way, I think it's insane that Janeway thinks a phaser will close that hole. Oh, she doesn't even, like, push any buttons on the phaser or anything. That is a straight, just phaser blast. She just picks up the phaser and immediately starts shooting. She doesn't even tune it. No, yeah. She is so confident that just a standard phaser blast on whatever setting that is already on is going to close that thing. Yeah, she's not like, give me that tricorder. I, I don't even know what this wibbly-wobbly thing is. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I know immediately she's what like, it is and how to fix it. My weapon might be able to close that. Should I guess, she, like... They give her the weapon, she doesn't even take a beat. She just shoots. Also, those guys are like, it's going to intersect the thing. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's bad. I mean, that's a big assumption. It makes sense for those people to assume it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that is, but I kind of don't want it touching this super dangerous power source. Yep. Uh, But she's like, yeah, 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 no. I gotta close that shit. (laughs) Give me that phaser. That'll do the job. Fuck. Yeah, not good. Not good. bummer. Okay, so we've given our first two scores. What about world building? Uh, So, maybe the Okampa have powers? I have that. Also, no one on the ship is doing any paperwork. (laughs) <laughs> that's right hold on a second do they say that is that world um, building the doctor does not even know oh, about right. the maquis crew yeah 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 he doesn't know about Kess. he doesn't know about neelix he Dude, like there's just not no one's done any paperwork it no, me, no intake paperwork has been done on these guys it made me wonder if this episode was out of order because it's not he's acting like he's just now meeting Kess and neelix but he has had entire conversations with them in the past he's like who are you what do you do why are you here? What's going on? And it's like, no, they've had, like, they've been in sickbay, like, 13 times already. Like, we've seen them in sickbay talking to the Doctor in the previous two episodes. The pilot and the other episode. Like, multiple times. Yep. He's, he's, he acts like he's completely unfamiliar with them. She went to talk to him to get soil samples last week. Yeah, I remember. And he said, what's your name? She said, Kess. And she's like, what's your name? And he's like, I don't know, I haven't thought of one yet. Like, they have this whole conversation and everything. But now he's just like, who are you? I don't understand what's going on. <sighs> so, I mean, to me, that's basically it. Yeah, what I have is Kess has got some telepathic powers. And they but are... But she doesn't know it. No. And they are at least discussing openly on the bridge, even if it's kind of jocular, about how to go about, like, mating and things in this Battlestar Galactica kind of situation. Where there's only a hundred of them left, and who knows if they'll ever get home. And so he's talking about how everyone's going to pair off, so we better go after the Delaney sisters. Now, he's just fucking around, but at least it's something they're discussing. Like, oh, we should probably think about this, because what if all the ladies get paired off, and then we're just left here stroking our dicks, you know? Yeah. So I gave Boy, it f- you got something out of that teaser, huh? I gave it a four. I guess they go- I guess they go back. We see that conversation again at the end, so. Yeah. But I thought at least someone has thought about it, even if they're kind of using it as a joke. At least someone's like, oh, you know what? What happens when everyone like gets paired off? Are we going to have to have babies on this ship? What's going on here? I guess that's true. <clears throat> Four. Um, characterization. So... Wait, what score did you give it for world building? No, oh, I gave it a three. Okay. 
Um, I give it a one for characterization. Sweet. And the reason is none of this happened. Sure. So no character growth is possible. <laughs> That's true. But what about things that they showed you about about themselves, even if they didn't technically have these experiences or grow? I mean, I guess we saw a couple of things. And this is what's a one and not a zero. <laughs> yeah. I gave it a two. You gave it a two. So it's not like I gave it a good score. What I have is a lot of Tom being Tom. Yes. A lot of him being sarcastic. He takes a bullet for that kid. Yeah, but he's got a heart of gold, and he takes a bullet for the fucking kid. Um, But by the way, did we need more of Paris and Janeway? That was the whole pilot. I know. I said this is only a Paris-Janeway episode, but Janeway shows no special characteristics other than being very level-headed and experienced as a Starfleet officer. And by the way, a real real bad liar. Yes. Yeah. She is not. Oh, no, I'm from, Cal- uh, I'm from Calto, Calto province. Yeah, the, the, the Calto province. It's not on. It's not an unusual name where I come no, from. No, 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 no. I'm from Calto City. Calto City in Calto province, mm, the Calto so district. I'm from new, new Calto City. Yep, and um, I'm Caltoan. That's I'm just um, you're run of the mill Caltoan. And uh, what I like Caltoan food the best. That's my favorite kind. Come on, man. I'm wearing the same fall color shirt as you. <laughs> Dude, everyone in that society must be really good at facial recognition. Because they all you wear the goddamn exact same kind of shirt. Oh, my stripe's in a different order than your stripe. There's no way anyone can get by like that. Even the logo on the security guard's outfit has the same three colors. Yep. Like, that's the only colors there is on this planet. Uh, and Harry Kim is Luke Skywalker. Uh, a New Hope, Luke Skywalker. He's like, I don't know, I really wanted to go buy some power converters, or whatever Harry Kim says in this episode. He's like, come on, dude, let's go have fun on the holodeck. And he's like, oh, I really wanted to run this diagnostic. It's very important to me. Yeah. That's all I, I got. Um, That's it. I recorded a sound clip from him that I thought I would play. Then when I listened back to it, it didn't. Wasn't I couldn't anything. hear what I heard the first time. Okay. Uh, this is the actor's name is Garrett Wang, right? Yeah. Can he not read? <laughs> I'm... I'm if odds are even, not knowing anything about him, odds are even. He does a techno babble scene about subspace and how close they have to be to pick up the beacon. Right. And he says all the techno babble stuff correctly, but he says the word pick up real weird. <laughs> like, peck. You're just like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? That was their best take. But dude. then it, when I listened back to it, it wasn't. So I probably shouldn't have told that story at all. But I was like, <laughs> wait, what's going on with this guy? And that was the most interesting moment from this episode. Yeah. Um, so on the the only other thing is we see that Tuvok is a little bit annoyed by the huge leaps of logic that mm-hmm. Torres and Chakotay and Kim are making. Yeah. But he's just like, eh, but fuck it. Fuck it, I guess. I think he realizes he doesn't have the expertise, but he really wishes they had the expertise. Yeah. Because they're like, so all we got to do is this. And he's like, great. How do we do that? And they're like, we don't know. And he goes, oh, cool. Like That's they're cool, at that, good idea. That, they're going to open that rift in the power station, which, again, I remind you, is the thing that blows up the planet. Right. Uh, and he says, oh, there's there's absolutely no logical reason to believe the captain was ever here, but uh, fuck it. <laughs> Just go for it. Why not? Who cares? <laughs> I guess technically I'm the security officer and there is nothing left on this planet that can hurt us, so. Did uh, did Ben have anything to say about this episode that was anything? Uh, so Ben gave it a six 
for concept saying that the subtext here is that this is why the prime directive is important so you don't do stupid shit like blow up a whole species but the only reason uh, they did that is because they... it was a straight up accident though yeah that's okay all right um he said the plot was very linear yes it was uh he says he guesses it's a neat twist that it was their own fault but he says that they teased it so early it was like not surprising at all at yeah. the reveal plus it's a who big big fat who cares but yeah and it's also big who cares uh he says the he says this is the third time the plot device or solution was shoving something through a hole yeah that's so, right uh he says he wrote in a sentence that is self-contradictory i'll refrain from making the birthing analogy but it's weird to have that common of a theme so far right <clears throat> uh and he gave it a six for characterization with the comment probably too generous Okay, good. We've had that a few times today already. We've gone, I gave it a score that is clearly not the correct score. Uh, Before you tally it up, quick hitters, Harry Kim says he has a girl back home. Obvious lie. Yeah, she's in Canada, for sure. Yeah, you don't know her. She's she's Canadian. Um, He just says that to get out of hanging out with Tom Paris. I think Tom Paris' hairline has already receded since the pilot. (laughs) I see, like, five inches more forehead since two episodes ago. Um... Neelix is as much use on the bridge as Counselor Troy. Doesn't uh, maybe less. I mean, there, it is right in the beginning. Do, have you heard of any intelligent races in this area? <laughs> yeah, and then real playfully, <laughs> not really. Well, no, I, no, no, I haven't. No. Uh, do you? I'm sorry. Do you already regret bringing me on board? <laughs> yeah, Kess. I don't think I've even cooked yet. Kess emotionally is as much use as Troy. Just a basket uh, case who goes to a room and cries a lot. Yep. Um. You know, she was really into that scene. She was going for it. And it just reminded me that... I don't know if you've ever told the story about that actress. The actress who plays her. Who turned out to be a completely insane person in real life. The act, the uh, actress, like, got arrested for... Oh, boy, what was it? Um, She was, like, running around naked, like, attacking people or something. Let me see here. Do-do-do. I'm looking her up real quick personal life she was arrested for domestic assault arrested and charged with evading arrest resisting arrest reckless endangerment and aggravated assault in relation to speeding offense she was arrested for two counts of misdemeanor exposure in relation to an argument with a neighbor where she decided to get naked to teach the neighbor a lesson uh she paid restitution for a police cruiser that was damaged in one of her traffic incidents um, she she just got a DUI this year. <laughs> yeah, she's in, she's receiving mental health treatment. So this lady is actually bonkers. Yeah, and so that's why I think she was doing such a good job at really committing to that scene where she's having a fucking fit in her quarters. Um, I wonder if she was kicked off the show later on because she was crazy, kind of the way that Babylon Five had to get rid of Captain What's His Name because he was starting to lose his mind. Yes, I think so. Spoiler alert: she gets kicked off the show. Um. Uh, the kid showed up, and I immediately was pissed off. I was like, oh, great, a kid. This is going to yeah. be a fantastic episode. Yeah, this fucking Encyclopedia Brown who's writing for his school newspaper, and he's going to he's gonna expose these demons. You know what? That's cause, because that's what this show is about, and this is who it's for. It's for little kids to watch. I mean, it's probably true, actually. Yeah, what a bunch of little Encyclopedia Browns would see through this shit. <laughs> yeah. This is for little kids who think they're Encyclopedia Browns, but aren't, you know intellectually up to the task uh they're in the mall janeway in paris or wherever they are 100 percent the mall it's not as bad as in the pilot when they take that escalator in the mall <laughs> it was clearly 
see the mall. I was like, wait a minute. I was the, like, I, first of all, sir, you are at Valco, and I know that you are going to see a movie. The caretaker right put them in Valco. Um, but they're in the mall, and they are literally <clears throat> shouting the dialogue at each other, yep. all about all these explosions and how it's all going to happen tomorrow. Yep, they definitely go over and start scanning the pipes that contain the super dangerous energy that people on the planet are protesting about, and no one is like... Oh, what are they doing near the death pipes? What the fuck was that about? You gotta be a little bit more subtle, Janeway. Jesus. They go up to the, not nuclear power, but whatever kind of power facility. And there's that big protest going on. And, like, the police have guns and they're firing guns in the air and all this shit. And Janeway, But the next day there's one guard? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But Janeway's plan is to walk right to the front of the protest and try to walk in the front door. Like, she thought, one, there was a chance she was going to get through this fracas without getting in any kind of trouble. And two, like, once she got there, the guards were going to go, I've never seen you before. Come right in. Not like, let's come back later when yeah. uh, when this is not happening. She just waltzes to the front. Yeah, and no shit, she gets cold cocked in the face. Like, what the fuck was the plan? Yeah, there was no plan. Um, Those protesters are very heavily armed, but the cops are, like, firing guns in the air, and the protesters just kind of run away, and I'm trying to figure out what all those weapons were for. Uh, to point at kids. I mean, basically. <laughs> uh, uh, also, Ben identified that uh, he says those are leftover 007 guns with laser sounds patched over. Uh, he says they might have been Walters. They're actually uh, H&K. Oh. Yeah, but they are just real world guns, for sure. Uh, for some reason, almost seeing Kess for a second makes Janeway decide to tell the dude the truth. And I'm just trying to figure out, is it because she thinks she's going to escape soon? <sighs> because then what about all that Prime Directive stuff? It's like the instant she thinks she's heard Kess, she's like, oh, we're going to get out of this thing. I better tell them all about us. So Kess's weird telepathy and ability to sense what happened there in the past is one thing. But when she shouts and Janeway can hear her, and I think everyone else in the room hears it too, like that's a whole different kind of power that doesn't make, it doesn't make sense, but it's okay because it didn't happen. Yeah. And then we've already talked about, they've already messed up their planet, so they might as well go ape and they just shit all over the prime directive which is actually very tng that is true um great slow-mo paris diving in the way of the kid take that bullet yep real slow-mo like no combat style though he's fine next week <laughs> that's right exactly. got shot in the gut but just like just like gage or whoever he's gonna be cool yeah gage gets wounded every week um and in the end Kess is left looking like a crazy idiot because she runs like, under she the just bridge. She shows up on the bridge like, I had to see for myself that nothing happened, I guess. And everyone's just looking at her like she's a crazy person, and that's just how the episode ends. So they, I assume they think now Kess is a crazy person. Yeah. Oh. Also, why don't they just tell the turbo lifts not to bring her to the bridge? Like, why, is, why does she and Neelix just get to come to the bridge whenever they want? That's right. It should ask him for, like, a swipe. They should have to it's swipe. It's the Wesley Crusher, no children on the bridge problem. Yes. Like in the, I guess he came up with his mom, but still. Right. All right, so what do we got for uh, tallying? Okay, so uh, I gave this episode 11, which is poor. Oof, that is very uh, bad. But you gave it a 12. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> We killed that one. Even equally poor. Uh, it's a total of 23, so that's even below Code of Honor. Wow. 23 is bad. That is bad. Two- 23 is bad it's um it's not record bad yet because there was an ent episode an enterprise episode because the last enterprise episode only scored a 19 total okay 
Uh, that's because you gave it an eight, which is the lowest all-time score so far. Boy, I really hated that episode. <laughs> but hey, maybe... Maybe this one will set the record. Maybe this one will set the record. Man, I do love that Enterprise theme. That is a wonderful theme. It may be better than Deep Space Nine theme, for sure. (laughs) That, of course, was music from Skyrim. Yep. Yeah. A fantastic Uh, game. We're about a week away from the re-release. Oh, boy. That is pretty exciting stuff. All right, let's jump into this fucking piece of shit. Um, Yeah, this week we watched Strange New World. Matthew, what happens in Strange New World? They, uh, on their mission of exploration, which I guess is ostensibly what they are supposed to be doing, though Archer denies it in this episode, um, they come across a planet that looks beautiful, like a nice M-class planet where you can, you know, do some shore leave or whatever. They go down to chart the plant life and animal life and all that shit. They decide to stay overnight on a little camping trip, and in the middle of the night, a crazy storm comes by and forces them into these caves where they all start to get really paranoid and they turn on each other. Well, really, they all turn on to Paul. Um, They think they're hearing, like, voices and there are other aliens in the cave. And the whole episode is about uh, Archer on the bridge of the Enterprise and T'Pol in the cave trying to figure out a way to get through the night and cure these people of their their weird psychoses. Right? Yeah. So, for the concept, I gave it a two. I couldn't figure out what it was. I... The concept was either distrust of one's comrades leads to ruin. Yeah. Because they have sort of a baseline level of distrust of T'Pol. And so when they all start to go batshit, they all, like, shit goes awry because they all turn on her and they assume she's doing some weird shit. But uh, it could also be that Paradise is not always what it seems because they're like, oh, this is such a beautiful planet. And there's so many shots of them like walking around in the grass and it's so beautiful. But then it turns out the planet's trying to kill them or whatever. I don't know. That's what I got. I gave it a two. I couldn't really identify the concept. Yeah. Um, what I wrote down was the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Sure. Okay, well, what'd you give it? I gave it a four. Okay. It's, you're right that the underlying conflict all comes from the real shitty attitude all of the humans on this ship have about Vulcans. Yeah, some super race, like, Earth is united, but we hate everyone else. But also... To Paul's complete inability to change their minds or yeah. even extend a hand, really. She is basically a walking freezer unit, to be fair. Well, women professionals do tend to overcompensate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dog. Not good. At the end, Archer gives, like, tries to talk Tucker, who's the main asshole in this episode. Usually is. If it's not him, it's Archer. Sort of talk him through this delusion that he's having, etc. Yeah. And, but completely fails, and then the end just has to trick him. Just straight trick him. (laughs) That's right, we'll talk about, maybe that's an execution, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, concept, pretty weak. Pretty weak. That's, 
let's check in see if Ben had anything on yeah, this. Yeah, I have to. Um, I have to admit, dog. I I went to the German guy's website <laughs> because I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't know if there's a concept. I don't know. And I did borrow the paradise thing from him, but I'm not convinced about it. Yeah. Um. So Ben says the concept is, what will people do at their worst? Okay. So, so I can kind of see that it's. I mean, I don't know if it's much of a concept, but I think that's I think that's in there. The there is sort of if the if the hallucinations were more free form, like I think there is definitely some aspect of this chemical that they've been exposed to that puts them in fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. Like it clearly gets their adrenaline up. Too. Was that the name of last week's episode? Ah, oh, shit! It was. They should have named that. Um, that should have been this one. It clearly gets their adrenaline up. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's part of why these particular reactions happen. Right. Uh, but this is not like, this is not the naked now. We're learning about what these characters are really, really worry about and really feel. This yeah. is specifically just they're, they're having a paranoid, freak out. Yep. I mean, obviously, Tucker is is a pretty racist asshole. Yeah. But it's not clear how much of that was just because he was had had uh, chemicals pumping through his system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you can tell, so, by the way, we're talking about this, the way we're running out of steam. That That's how I felt watching this yesterday. I watched I this yesterday, and I was just like, oh, my God, I don't have anything for this. Yeah, I didn't love the Voyager episode. Yeah. As I think our scores indicated. <laughs> right. Uh, this one was no more pleasant to watch. <laughs> no, it's really not a great show. I hate his dog. Yeah, why does his dog get to go on the planet? What, I hate why? that he's bringing his dog down there. Why would that be a good idea? <sighs> I hate that they joke where no dog has gone before. Yeah. Uh, it's, um... You know what? I hate, if I he hate had two dogs. Ghost stories. If he had two dogs and they were different genders and they both had their bits, he would have been dumb enough to bring them both. <laughs> You know what I mean? He would have been dumb enough to bring them both on the the off chance that he lost them there and they bred on that planet and ruined the entire, like, ecosystem. Yeah. Because he's that dumb. Would. He's just like, whatever, anything goes in space, right? Dog, you're not supposed to eat cheese. Let's go down to the planet. <laughs> yeah, this is horrible. Horrible. Um, So, execution for this shit. So, I gave it a two on concept. I gave it a yeah. five on execution of what I was able to identify as the concept. Yeah, but this I, is a but, man trap scenario where it's not attempting anything. Yeah, I almost feel like it should forfeit all points in both categories because I'm using the execution of the concept to prove that the concept exists. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like I actually identified the concept and then went, oh, and this all supports it. It's like, no, I'm just straight up going, well, this happened, so maybe this is the concept. Um, so, because Paradise does give them some crazy juice that almost kills yeah, it them. does. But there's no malicious. There's nothing malicious happening. It's just some pollen that blows in on the wind. Yeah, gives them crazy juice, almost kills them. And there's a lot of stuff below the surface that's just below the surface, not even really that far below the surface. About how their hatred of Vulcans that immediately comes out when they have their crazy juice. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about. Dis- the distrust they have of their comrades immediately leads them up shit creek as soon as they get a little weird. Um. So I gave it a five on execution, but I I, I honestly had no idea what to give it. I didn't know. I could give it a question mark. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I so I gave it a four. Um, there were a couple of problems that that I saw in the execution. 
it's like it's real hard to explain why they don't beam the rest of them out of there. Are they still really distrustful? They are. Okay. They beam the first guy out, and he gets like rocks and leaves embedded in his skin. Right. So, like, obviously the transporter's not great, but also he was standing in a place where rocks and leaves were getting whipped all around. Right, right, right. And then later they beam the vaccine, like, right down into the edge of the cave. Yeah, he's like, I'm able to safely beam it, like, two meters inside the cave or whatever. Why couldn't they just have him go stand at the entrance to the cave where there aren't rocks and leaves whipping around? Yeah. Beam them bitches right back up. Yes. I agree. So that was the big big problem with the execution, is that they're not really stuck in the cave. (laughs) Yeah. What was your concept again? I don't remember. The only thing we have to fear is... Okay, okay. All right, all right. Uh, some not good scores. Uh, world building. Uh, got a four for me. Me too. So there were, there were a few things. Did you say you also gave it a four? Yep. That's, those are not amazing scores, four out of (laughs) ten. No. Um, a few things. Uh, this may be the first time we've seen the stun setting used. Right. Uh, also the Vulcan nerve pinch. Oh yeah. Uh, but, but the main thing that I thought was interesting is... We see Vulcans a lot in Star Trek. Right. And it's not... There's only a few instances when the idea that they are actually working all the time to suppress powerful emotions Mm. comes up. And there's a little bit of that in here. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't know if this was the first time we had heard something called Minshara class or not. Everyone in the episode seems to think oh, it's the right. first time the, they've heard it. That's the origin of the M class planet, right? Yeah, like people on the bridge are straight up like, what does that mean? Um, the ship it seems to be equipped with various specialists. Like that lady gets picked for the mission because she's uh, an entomologist. Right. They have. Why would they have an entomologist? Right, I understand it's an exploration mission, so maybe you'd want one along for charting planets and stuff. But the crew complement's only eighty-two, so yeah. I don't know how many specialists they have, or if they're all multidisciplinary, or like how it all works. Because it's a really small crew, but they seem to have people who have these these specific specialties. So, um, so that's all I could come up with. I gave it a four as well. Okay. How about um, characterization? Uh, uh, um, I gave it a seven. Okay. That may seem surprising to you. It's a little surprising. They did also since you don't have your notes. So no, no, no. I found them. I found them. Okay, <laughs> I found them. There was a. I was looking at a previous version for some reason. Um, so I gave it a seven. Now the reason I did that is because I felt like they did the most work out of all of the episodes we looked at this week to show us what the characters are like. Uh, half the episode they're all crazy or some right. the ones on the planet are all crazy so that kind of gets thrown off you get a lot of Archer being Archer you know we didn't come up here to tiptoe around and uh, that might be all I have to say about him for the rest of the series because that's basically his opinion forever I believe but uh, oh he also super likes water polo uh, Mayweather likes ghost stories and seems to be like a nice young man he does seem to be a nice young man I think the writers are afraid to write black people <laughs> Like, they don't know what to do with them, so they're just like, we better so just make him a... he's a real class act? You gotta make him a class act. <laughs> exactly. A class act. Uh, a natural athlete. Um, they all hate T'Pol for what is mostly speciesist reasoning, but as you said, she is not a likable television character at all. 
No, she. I haven't seen her do anything. She's I like I was saying about Janeway. They make Paul very level-headed and dependable, which appears to be Star Trek for no characteristics. Yeah, like Dax the same way. Like level-headed, dependable means we don't have any idea what to write for this person at all. Uh, also, did you know that Tucker is from the Deep South and Mayweather is from space? Yeah, they've yeah. mentioned that a couple of times. But did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that though? Yeah, I did though. Okay. Cause... I'm sorry, this is why you gave it a 7? <laughs> That's right, all the things that I hate. Yeah, you know what, can I downgrade that to a 5? I'm going to downgrade it to a 5. Okay. I feel like they did so much work. Like, they really were... This episode was not about anything. This episode, yeah, I think, was entirely about f- f- trying to flesh out some of the characters. But then they kind of sabotage it by making the, all the ones on the planet being crazy. So, I don't know, I give it a 5. Downgrade it to a 5. You have a couple of things. Uh, in my memory, Archer's barely barely matters in this episode. Yeah, he comes up with that great lie at the end, and other than that, he's yeah. not doing much. Except really poking to Paul every chance he gets. Just tweaking her. Just like being 15 minutes late for the thing and then acting annoyed. Yeah, and being like, smile for the picture. Smile. She's just like, yeah, I don't do that, and you know that. I got a little fake out where he goes to put his arm around her and then thinks better of it. Yeah. Yeah, um, boy, aside from what you said, uh, the only, the only thing that, um, the only thing that I liked about any of the character work that they did was that at the end of this, T'Pol seems perfectly willing to forget the whole thing. (laughs) She's, she's on the whole grudges. That's good. Yeah, like, that's maybe the first decent seeming thing we've seen out of her. Yeah. So... Yep. I mean, I give it a four. All right. You got my uh, downgrade to five, right? I did. Right. So, with your downgrade, uh, you gave it a 16. Hey, hey, for this week, that's a good one. That's that's uh, <laughs> it's a three-way tie for the second highest score you gave this week. Right. Uh, I gave it uh, merely a 12. Boy, we really... But again, that's the... That's right in the middle for me this week. We ravaged these episodes. This, this was um, this was a tough week. Yeah. Uh, so totaling it up, um, in last place we have Voyager with time and again. Yeah. That got a uh, twenty three points, which is very poor. Yep. This that's the second lowest score we've given. Mm-hmm. Then uh, just three points above that with still a very bad score, Code of Honor. Yep. Wow, that did not finish last. No, it didn't. Um, coming in in third place this week, we have Enterprise with Strange New World. Wow, look at uh, them digging is, themselves out of the basement. That is its highest showing. Nice job, Enterprise. This, this real stain of an episode <laughs> is the best Enterprise episode so you far. You only gave it a 12, and it's in third uh, Not place. by points, by the way. But right. points broken, broken both scored 32, and this only scored 30. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of week-to-week ranking. Yep. Uh, in second place, by just a single point, we have uh, Deep Space Nine with a man alone. Boy, that was such a garbage episode, I cannot believe it finished second. And a single point above that, the winner this week, the original series with the real nothing burger of an episode where no man has gone before. Yeah! TOS wins again! <laughs> it sure does. Um, uh, as you know, Ben sent in his scores too. Um, his scores were universally higher than ours. Okay. So, uh, he gave, uh, he had a tie between the original series and the next generation here. Okay. He gave them both 26 points. 
the highest either one of us scored any episode this week was your score for Where No Man Has Gone Before, which was 19 points. So. Boy. Um, Great. And after that, he had Deep Space Nine uh, at 22 and Voyager and Enterprise tied at 18. Okay. His... His highest score, his lowest score is the same as my highest score. This week? Yeah. yeah. My highest score this week was Deep Space Nine's uh, with an 18, which was his joint lowest score. So, so what do we got? He's less of a critic. He's more along for the ride. But uh, what, what do we got for uh, through three weeks? We got TOS has two wins and TNG has one? And TNG has one, yeah. All right. So Next week, early, I'm going to try. Early days yet? I'm going to try watching them in reverse order to see if maybe I get tired of them. I don't yeah, think ben, that was my problem with watching Enterprise last night, but we'll see. Ben switched the order up this week because he was worried that he was having the same yeah. problem. So what's next, man? So, uh, two weeks from now, assuming that we have the energy to do this again in two weeks, we have, uh, for the original series, The Naked Time. This one's going to be real familiar. Mm-hmm. That's not their fault. Yeah. It's going to be hard not to hold that against them. We'll measure it on its own merits. Yeah. Uh, especially as the, the premise and execution must be essentially the same. Yeah. Oh, no, because I thought the premise about this was talking about the original series. So maybe <laughs> it will be different. Yeah. Uh, for the next generation, we have The Last Outpost. I cannot oh, imagine there's a high score coming here. I don't know. I mean, we got Riker and Sinsu and yeah, a bunch of stuff. We got, there could be something in there. We got Worf and Data and Yara as his lieutenants on the planet. We got Plus some... the first appearance of those Ferengis. Yeah, I don't know. Could be good. Uh, for Anybody! Nine... <laughs> for Deep Space Nine, we have... I don't know if it should be pronounced Babel or Babel. I think either one is... Babel because it's a double entendre? Or, yeah. Or double meaning? Because they also there's some nonsense speaking it yes okay uh it's the aphasia episode uh for voyager we have the episode phage boy p-h-a-g-e no idea what that episode is so somebody's gonna eat something (laughs) i mean if i know my greek somebody's gonna eat something (laughs) uh and for enterprise we have an episode called unexpected okay no idea i don't know what that is i've never seen it yeah no idea um, but those are the episodes. As I said, I will post a link to the spreadsheet. Uh, so if you need to double check, you could just go there and look up week four. Awesome. All right, everybody. This was another long one. But you know what? You should be grateful. We're giving you so much stuff to listen to on your commutes or while you're doing chores or whatever. This is like when a new hardcore history comes out. I'm not mad that it's five hours long. Okay? Everybody? No. Also, just go listen to Hardcore History. Yeah, you should probably listen to that. It's good. There's good stuff on there. There's like way more work went into it. Yeah, that's why it takes him five months every time. I mean, he's just a guy reading to you, but like, let's be honest, I've been reading my notes at y'all all episode. But he reads every quote like this, like it's really important and he has to shout. All right. All right, uh, reach us uh, at Brother Date. You can email us, uh, brothers at brotherdate.com. You can find us on the iTunes and subscribe. You can go to brotherdate.com and find the episodes there as well. Whatever you want to do. Sometimes Marjan listens to them like that. So, um, All right, everybody. We will uh, talk to you next week, then. Yeah, thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. All right. Bye!
If I may, sir? One of the things about them in the briefing studies was their respect for patients. Subscribe.